and welcome to Better Than Mario Brothers, the podcast where each episode we delve deep into cinema sewer, or in this instance, litter box, I guess. <laughs> I am Chris Holt with me as always, my partners in podcasting, Mr. Mark Williams. Hello. And Miss Helen McIntyre. All right. And look, Halloween's in the rearview mirror, guys. Christmas is creeping up in the distance. So we're kind of between themes this month. Well, you say Halloween's in the mirror, but this was a fucking horror show. Let's be honest. (laughs) It really was. Um, But, you know, we figured we couldn't go all of November without a theme. Like, we had a theme in October. We've got a theme in December. So, fuck it. Let's just have a theme in November. So, in honor of the release of Wakanda Forever, in it'll be out by the time you hear this. We've decided November is going to be Cats Month on the network. Um, Obviously. Not not my best decision ever, (laughs) I'll be honest. (laughs) My very first note tonight is... Why the fuck am I about to do this to myself? Um, which well, was I, just, I, I was about to press play. Um, I, I, I before like we dive in, it's I, cats, I, listeners. In case you haven't figured that out. Yeah, in case you missed that one. But um, yeah, I mean, the, the, the thing that struck me, because I can't remember what day you watched it, but the, the fact you paused it four minutes in to send us both a text saying, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, yeah. That kind of kicked it off really well. I mean, we, we've, yeah. we've had some shit on, on this show and. You know, we, we've dug each other out a little bit for our choices sometimes as well. <laughs> and normally I'm, I'm, I'm game for that, but I'll, I'll put my hands up. <laughs> so I put this on the list. And within, within like four minutes of watching it, I was like, oh, no, I've got to get in front of this. I like, I've got to, <laughs> I'm just going to throw myself under the bus here before anybody else does. Because, I mean, look, the point, of, I'm not going to bury the lead here. The point of this show is to watch bad movies, right? That's the whole point. But, you know, generally we find some fun in them. But, I mean, yeah. there's bad, and then there's this. Like, this this is this is bad on a, on Battlefield Earth levels, bad, and possibly I worse. Watch that. I, I definitely would rather watch Battlefield Earth. Um, I would definitely rather watch Paint Dry, if I'm honest. <laughs> well, there is that thing. I think it's the longest film ever submitted to the BBC for rating was 13 hours of paint drying, which I would rather watch than this fucking horseshit. Uh, I mean, yeah, yeah definitely. Um, it's literally yeah, 13 hours of a wall changing colour. You know, this, this seemed like a good idea at the time. Like, <laughs> this, this all just seemed to slot into place because Mark and I were having a discussion about what we were going to do on SMPD and we were like, oh, well, let's do some cat related stuff because I really wanted to watch Samurai Pizza Cats. So we were like, right, let's let's do some cat stuff. And then it all fell into place. And I don't know, this was free. It's on Amazon Prime. <laughs> so I was like, come on, like, how bad can it be? Really? Oh. Like, how bad can it be? What I what I should like the same voice inside my head should have been saying, hang on, Chris, this is your least favorite musical of all time. <laughs> <laughs> Why would you? I fucking hate the stage show. I hate it. I don't like Andrew Lloyd Webber anyway, right? I am not a fan. I am a fan of musical theatre, just not a fan of Andrew Lloyd Webber. This is his worst, and it's, I say the worst of, of all time. It. I nearly walked out of Cats, but didn't. There is a musical that I have walked out of, so I guess this is technically better than that. You've got to and, say what it yeah, is. Bill. Yeah, Bill. Oh, it was White Christmas. Um, It was absolutely fucking atrocious. I left. I left midway through and went to the pub. I just couldn't. I, I couldn't take <laughs> it. Anymore. I could. But at least in White Christmas, the songs were okay. It's just mm. that the story was fucking atrocious. Cats is just a, a car wreck from start to finish. That's the stage show, not the film. 
Yeah. Um, I mean, I, Dunn's I, also I, a car wreck, but yeah, you know, we'll get into that. I mean, I, I came at it from a slightly different point of view. I mean, I've I've not seen the um, the stage version. I'm not a fan of musicals generally. If if I'm going to, I I have watched musicals. I have enjoyed some musicals, but generally, I want one of like four things. I either want kids being locked in a chokey and chucked around by their hair. I want plants that sing and eat people. I want puppets fucking. Or I want some sort of connection to my worldview, which is, you know, Pasadiga Eboy. Beyond that, I don't give a fuck. Those I'm are some a... very specific things for a musical. They are. Mark, Anyone have, you actually, have you actually seen the guy that doesn't like musicals? Because I think it's the musical for you. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's, I mean, it's brilliant. But I, I mean, it's, think... it's very little shop of horrors. So, yeah, yeah given that yeah. you like man-eating plant featuring yeah. well, musicals. That, that's, then... that's the thing. I, no, I have seen other musicals and enjoyed them, but generally it's not really my thing. I'm not that fucking bothered. Yeah, yeah I mean, you... you don't you don't like Mary Poppins, so your, no, your opinion Poppins for sucks. musicals counts for dick, to be honest. <laughs> I love musicals. Like, I admit this. Ditto. I love musicals. I, Ditto. I was really young when I saw Cats because it was... Because obviously we, I grew up just outside of London, so my mum would take us up to see all the London shows with like the cheap seats, when you could get like seats for a fiver. Mainly, I think, because she was trying to train me and my sister to enjoy theatre, so that she'd have someone to go with her. Because my dad fucking hates everything, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not gonna lie, like I don't like all musicals. For example, Wicked fucking is ridiculous. Yeah, that's, Som- that's Sondheim right can do one. <laughs> right. I don't like Sondheim. He is somebody that is far too caught up with being clever to actually concentrate on making a song that's catchy like if you walk into an audition as a singer and you slap a Sondheim song in front of the pianist you might as well have just shot the poor fucker because like (laughs) there is no need to write a song that starts with five sharps and then you go into a key change which then goes into seven flats which means you're not just playing on the black keys you've also got to mentally prepare for the white keys as well like no dude unnecessary and the only thing that got me through Wicked was the fact that I was sat next to my dad and I could see him just checking his watch the entire time. <laughs> I mean, that was another one. If I hadn't been with a large group, I probably would have left Wicked at halftime as well because it, it's fucking atrocious. Um, but in general, like I'm with you, Helen, in general, I am yeah. a big fan of a musical. I take absolutely zero persuasion to go and watch a musical. Like even if it's something I'm not particularly fussed about if it's musical theater i'm like yeah i'll go i'll give it a shot which is how i end up watching junk like cats when i know i'm gonna hate it because i hate lloyd Webber. but everybody else is like let's go and see cats i'm like yeah fuck it it's a musical i'll go um hate cats hate phantom of the opera hate joseph just hate the fucking man in general right it's, he, he just can't write for shit simple as that right okay. there's there's a fundamental problem with Lloyd Webber musicals and i'm sure we'll get into it as we unpack this fucking but surely the fundamental problem is he fucking wrote them um, I mean, I, I've got opinions on Lloyd Webber. Yeah, so have I. Mm. <laughs> As you can tell, oh, I've just clicked the button. Screen. I don't know what happened there. Yeah, don't know what happened there. Oh, like this. <laughs> For those of you not on video, um, I've just discovered you can use emojis on on Skype. This is amazing. Um, right, we're Skype. 2011. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I'm not the best. <laughs> Um, okay anyway this is going off the rails already so let's let's (laughs) dive into this i mean look i I haven't got as many notes as usual i'll be honest because partly um i was dead inside by the the, the 20 minute mark um and partly because i mean one of the reasons i don't like cats anyway as a musical is there's no fucking story that's fucking boring and that's that's like if you're going to adapt it we've talked about this several times when we've talked about adaptation 
if you're going to adapt things, then it needs to fit the medium you're adapting it to. Okay. And one of the very specific things you need to do if you're adapting a stage musical to film, which is why there are many filmed musicals I don't actually like, um, is the first thing you've got to do is, is make your story structure fit cinematic convention. And it's very difficult to do that when Cats doesn't even really fit any sort of traditional stage play story structure either. It is literally a random collection of nonsense songs. It, it It's basically a fucking cabaret show. It is yeah. all it is. Like, it, it's basically no... lots, of, lots of cats come and introduce themselves. And then at the end, they go, oh, fuck, yeah, we were supposed to do something. Oh, shit, what was that? Now, nah, fuck it, yes. Yeah. Now, believe it or not, Mark, um, they do at least make overtures to a story in this that they don't in the stage show. <laughs> like, me. there is there is some effort made here, at least. There's a little bit more focus on the Jellicle Ball. Um, which is really just mentioned in the stage show, and then it takes up the entire second act, but you don't really have anything, you know, no narrative drive there, at least here. You do at least kind of get a feel that, you know, they almost make it like, you know, pussy's got talent or whatever. <laughs> no, <towards the> end. <laughs> no, but... what this film is... I think is, I've seen that show. <laughs> what this film is, is it's basically, it's the Hunger Games, but it's a musical where everyone's a cat and everyone's competing to be the one that can die. I mean, to that's, be fair, that's... after about five minutes, I was competing to be the one that could die. Yeah, but that, that's that's what this whole thing boils down to. And I was. Just I wish it was. I wish it was that though. That's the thing. That's what it wants to be, isn't it? And they and they make allusions to that, as I say, and they they do put a little bit more effort into that story here, which we'll get into as we talk through what very little narrative there is. But in the stage show, that is literally mentioned, thrown away, and then it's just a bunch of cats fucking singing and jumping around the stage and pretending to be what they're going to do. But if it was like this thing about like yeah we've we really got to compete to see who's going to die like there would be potential to make this the best film ever because you could literally get two hours of setting up like the slow painful death of james corden which i'm fine with like yeah. just give me that <laughs> like absolutely you know it, it, as if you couldn't hate this project anymore that fucking numpties in it as well and well, actually i'm gonna go on record and say this you know he's one of the best things in it and that's <laughs> That says it all, really, doesn't it? I was largely conflicted with this because I'd heard it was bad anyway. And obviously we put it on, on the list for the show because it's known to be fucking awful. Mm-hmm. But then I fail to believe there's a project where James Corden is anything other than brilliant. Apparently I was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but but, the problem that you've got with Cats is that the stage show works mainly because it's for people that love cats and it's based on a series of poems by somebody that's like looks at all of the cats that he meets every single day and it's just like oh this is a really cute cat i'm gonna write a poem about it and andrew Webber somehow came across it and was just like ka-ching everybody loves a fucking cat but the show itself is it's not really musical theater in that there's a story it's a dance nope. review where they happen no. to sing yes and it, it very yeah. much is and, and then this is also the problem because it's it's a case of it's not about translating a story to fit a film. It's translating the choreography. Because the biggest issue that you've got with this is that how you choreograph a dance routine for a stage versus how you choreograph it for a film is so completely different. Mm. And I think 95% of the time in this film, the dancers are, you know, they're excellent dancers. Like, you know, you can see all the different sort of dance styles, but because they're cutting away from the action or they're framing in for a close-up, you can't actually see the dancing and they don't follow the the action or the motion through. Like the basic, you know, cinematic rules that you would have if, say, it was a fight sequence. And you shoot a dance sequence the same way as you would fight a fight, se- as mm. you would shoot a fight sequence because 
reality wise they're very similar but they just they cut away from the action so you, you you can't see the footwork you can't see the movement you see them start an action but then because that's not the lead character they cut away so you can't you can't follow through and then they have opportunities where they sort of change the setting like in the milk bar for example don't don't shoot it so they will sort of sat there. Shoot it like one of those old school sort of like nineteen thirties musicals where it's overhead and they're sort of like you've got the swimmers and stuff. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you're shooting for the medium that you're on, and you might have given yourself a bit of a better chance. As a, and also just if you've got Jennifer Hudson in your project, don't tell her to sing a song like she's acting. Let her fucking belt because that woman's got an incredible voice. Mm. And I was waiting for her to just go full on pelt with that song and she didn't because she was she was acting the song she wasn't singing it and i was just like what what the f- you just don't you don't understand what 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 musical is but, <laughs> no i i don't I, I i think i think i sort of agree with that but but not completely if that makes sense so i think you're right in what you're saying um one of the things i absolutely hate with filmed musicals is when they literally try and take stage choreography and make it feel as though you're in the front row of the theatre. It's why I absolutely detest Cabaret. I think it's a fucking terrible movie. Because yeah. it you, you may as well be sat in the front row of the theatre, right? Yeah. Now, one of the things I was reasonably hopeful for with this is that it's, uh, it's Tom Hooper, right, who did Les Mis. Yeah. And he did a phenomenal job of that. Because he had the sense to lock the camera in tight when people were performing and not make it all singing and dancing and using the stage choreography. You know, when you look at some of the performances in that, the camera is locked off and we get echoes of that with memory at the end of this, where that sequence is beautiful. Like it's it's absolutely excellent. And I think that's where my opinion differs slightly there. I think it depends what you're looking for. But but for me here, when that camera's locked off, there's something transcendent about the power of that performance. And that really was exceptionally good. That rendition vo- of the second time, vocally, not the first. Vocally, like I was just like, Oh, she wasn't hitting it the way that I yeah but again don't it. don't forget you're not live in a theater to to get the power of that vocal you're watching oh. you're watching a recorded performance so what you're looking for is you're looking for you are looking for emoting you're looking for that actor to reach through the screen to you you're not looking for for the sound if you want that then yes you go to a live performance or you listen to a record even maybe is probably the closest you'll get and yes i mean record in the old timey sense of the word record like i'm fucking <laughs> 70 or something yeah um but but for me you know again it, the two things need to marry together so if we're making a film then yes i want to be able to emote i want to see that camera locked off i want to see what's going on behind their eyes i don't want to be in the front row of the theater i want to be on the fucking stage that's the point of filming something yeah, and they never quite do that because you're absolutely right, Helen. What they do is they just shoot dance sequences. Now, Spielberg did that as well with his recent adaption of West Side Story, and it's fucking wonderful mm. because he understands exactly how to do that. And he understands, you're right, he shoots it like a fight sequence. He knows when to be wide, he knows when to follow the action, and he knows when yeah. to crash in and mm. get a close up. All right. Now, I'm surprised that that's fallen flat here, but I'm going to give Tom Hooper a slight get out card here because. Quite frankly, like his mistake hasn't been made in in any of the technical decisions he's made in this project. His mistake was made to sign on the dotted line for this thing in the first fucking place. Yeah. Because this was never going to work. And one of the first things I thought within about two minutes of watching this film, and there's been a lot said about the CGI, I know, um, and, and we'll get into that as well. But the big problem with this 
is that to do it in the way that they're doing it, to it, for it to be just a musical review, essentially, what it needs to be is an animated feature. Well, originally it, it was going been. to be. Yes. Now that's the thing. And then as soon as Tom Hooper signed on, they were like, oh, no, actually, he made Le Miz and that well, was a shit ton of gold. So let's before film that, it. So there was a version, I read this earlier on, there was, um, was it Amblimation? Spielberg's? Yes. Uh, yeah. They were originally going to do it in like the fucking mid-90s. Right, and then they went they went under before they got a chance to do it. So I mean that that was always the plan for bringing it to the screen. So then after that, because that didn't happen, you had the there's a uh, there's a recorded version of the stage show, um, which yes, known for donkey's years, and I've not seen that. Apparently, it's better than this, which um, again, so it's dying. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so I mean that was that was always the plan, um, but it didn't it didn't come off unfortunately. And I think I think you I think that would be better because. Um, what you did, and I, I, I agree with what you're saying, Helen. So that what you want to see when when they are dancing, you want to see moves carry off. You don't want to see some, somebody leaping and all of a sudden you cut away and then they're on the ground. Next time you see them, they're on the ground or they're moving something completely different. Yeah. You want yeah. to be able to follow that. And if it's animated, you've got the entire freedom. You can do what the hell you like, and you well, can if go it's, anywhere. Yeah, and if it's if it's animated as well, it's not just that, Mark. I think that the thing is that part of the part of the idea behind the stage show then is that it's based on this book of cats and yeah. so the performance like it is very interpretive dance as Helen yeah. said but it, it's because these are humans moving like cats right mm -hmm. they, they're using sort of ballet essentially is what it yeah. is that the dance yeah. is very balletic and they're kind of using that to mimic the kind of grace of, of a feline and its movement now if you're animating then you don't have to have humans pretending to be cats you yeah. have cats and they will move like cats so you fuck off all of this stupid interpretive dance and you go with the numbers and the story right and you tell you use your animated world and you use the artistry of the animators and the layout designers and things like that to take you into this world and you have it more like they kind of making allusions to here with the cgi backgrounds you have it more about the world and where the cat fits in that world and how one belongs in this world and one belongs in another and it becomes this fantastical kind of almost series of interconnected music videos okay yeah. and that would work or you do it like this and you go with the angle of humans being cats which on film makes no sense why do you need to do this all right so so i don't understand why they made this decision but then if they do what they shouldn't have done absolutely under no circumstance is cgi those humans to look like cats mm. put them in fucking costumes be honest about it just yeah. be like these are people pretending to be cats and let the actors act and when you get to ian mckellen's um appearance later on he's the only person that's doing that he's like yeah. absolutely this is how a cat would move and bearing in mind like and i don't mean any offense when i'm saying this this is a crusty old dude compared to the rest of the cast and he's yeah. the only one that's going no actually this is how a cat would and you can see it you can see his process yeah he's fucking pointing at his ears he's meowing he's yeah. growling he's he's acting like a cat and it's like look if that's what you want to do do that let us believe in the performance don't give us this weird fucking cgi which is terribly animated so they all look like yeah. they've got jelly legs yeah because they've actually animated the dance yeah. moves instead of mocap in them as well and it's like and, and again it, it, it makes no sense because again they've been doing this fucking musical with all the costume and the makeup for 30 fucking years they exactly. know how to do it exactly and with so, the, with the kind of budget you're spending on cgi you could easily at least have the same level of costumes as you've got in the musical oh christ yeah right? i mean and if you want to cgi the sets fine put them in a fucking green room yeah. Right, just put them on that thing they use in the Mandalorian if you want, whatever, and, and just yeah. have them jump around in that. But 
use makeup, use practical effects and let the actors be cats. Yeah. That's the first mistake here, you know? Yeah. It's the first of many. Well, I, yeah. I think you, I think you, you, actually, you caught it before. The first mistake was making the cunning thing in the first place. It absolutely was. This yeah. this should it not need to exist. exist. There's no point no, in it, that. It shouldn't. It just flat out shouldn't exist. It has no redeeming qualities, but we'll build up to that. Um, so so my third <laughs> my third note, right? I've given you my first note, which is, what the fuck am I doing? Why am I doing this to myself, knowing I that think- I cats right i think my first note might be before your third note because my first note is cat face in the clouds Uh oh yes yeah (laughs) um my second note in the middle of these then which we've touched on already but we and i've just gone to again is wow this cgi is really fucking bad it's it's Mm -hmm. so bad and and again it's not just that it's bad it's that it doesn't need to be cgi at all that's the problem because they've taken the actors faces and pasted them onto these cgi models did anybody like did you ever play that i think it was called Fishman or something like that on the i think it was on the dream it was either the dreamcast or the saturn i think it was the the dreamcast i got a feeling it was called Fishman, something like that maybe it wasn't Fishman. it was something man anyway it was like one of those very early virtual pet type things, right? Right. And you basically had this fish that you looked after, but he had the face of a man. Wasn't a man, couldn't communicate like a man. He was a fish. It's fucking terrifying, right? <laughs> look this shit up. Um, I, I, like, look it up, listeners, like Fishman, um, Dreamcast or whatever, right? And the first thing I, th- I saw when I saw the models of these cats singing and dancing is like, oh my God, this is like the Fishman thing. I had it. I might even still have it because I've still got my Dreamcast. Yet. It's fucking terrible. Um, the thing Google it reminded friend, me of Phil, was Phil for me. Phil for me a minute. I'll see if I can find what it's called. Yeah, yeah. the thing it reminded me of was the um, the scary ass Sonic from the first trailer, where the, yes. face, the, with the, the, the scale of the face just wasn't quite right and the teeth didn't fit and everything was just like it's a bit like Britney Spears, like the, where the eyes like like half a hair's breadth too far apart and it just looks weird. Yeah, and it, it was just straight away. It's like, hang on. The, I I recognize the faces, but I don't know who the fuck they are or what's what's going on with them. It's like it's as I said, it's, it's like they pasted them on a, on a 3D model. Yes. And they've they've just stretched it slightly too far because they didn't have they didn't set the bound they didn't set the, the the blend properly, so they had a gap and they just had to keep stretching it until they fill until they fell down and you couldn't see through it. And it was just terrified me. Okay, so so the game is called Seaman. It was on the Dreamcast. Seaman. <laughs> <laughs> Don't know how I I don't know how I got that confused with fish man. Don't know how I didn't remember it was called Sea Man. Um, listeners, Google it. Maybe Mark can drop a, a photo in the show notes as well. But for those of us on video, I'm just going to hold my phone up to the screen so you oh, can oh, see how. Yeah, right? is that where Elon Musk came from? <laughs> now that was the first thing I thought of when I saw these cats. Was like this looks like the fucking fish man. That's from horrendous. Sega That's terrifying. Because those human faces have no place on those cat bodies yeah. and then what they're really not cat bodies they're, well, they're, they're human, human bodies this is the thing details. yeah what really what really fucks with your head then and it took me about 10 minutes to realize this but i was watching it about 10 minutes in and i was bored so i was looking for detail and i was like hang on a minute that's a human face it's a cat body that's a tail but are they oh my god those are feet they have human feet and human hands and yep. it's just terrifying and wrong it's yeah, like I, some sort of Frankenstein thing gone wrong. It's hideous. It's absolutely hideous. Now, legend has it that this CGI was done in a matter of weeks. It shows. I can it, believe that. Yeah, so can I. I. It's almost like the decision was made as if they filmed it all on a stage and went, this doesn't look like it's working. What can we do? 
um ah oh, cgi it it'll be fine uh, it, it, like i i sometimes i get baffled by by the studio system i really do like i know there was a lot of money dumped on this right i get it million dollars very, or something like that. It yeah, was there's very some expensive very well. expensive cast members in there right and you got all the cgi and stuff as well i know it's expensive but I don't get how any executive is sat in a room looking at this and going, yeah, we should put this out. This would be fine. This will be all right. This will be good. So, yeah, we, we'll make money off this. Because, again, that's what, that's what it's for. It's a vehicle yeah. to, to entertain people because they'll then spend money on it. And, yeah, I mean, they, I think the, the reported budget is somewhere between 80 and $100 million, and it recoups less than 70. When you stick your advertising and marketing budget, budget on top of that, you're probably talking 150 million bucks, and they made less than the original stake back. Jesus Christ. They should pay me that for watching it. Um, so my third note is, scratch that. CGI isn't bad. It's fucking terrible. And then actually my fourth note is that it needs to be live action or an, or an animated feature, but it yeah. shouldn't be this weird Frankenstein's monster of both. Yeah. My preference would be that it's animated just because I like animation. But there is a way to do this in live action. They just... Well, yeah, they've been doing it on stage for 30 years and apparently it's quite successful. So, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my next note we've covered as well, like these sets just feel like a stage. This yeah. just feels like you're filming the stage musical. And if you're going to adapt it, then you need to make it cinematic. Like like we've we, we, we've discussed already, you need to shoot these dance sequences like a fight scene and you yeah. need to track them all the way through. Now, later on, they do get better at this. Ironically, they get better at this when they get to the Jellicle Ball and they're actually filming production numbers. It yeah. starts to feel more cinematic at that point. Which yeah. is ironic the because then they have dance solos. Yeah. So you see the actual dance. You're like, you're yeah. a very good dancer. But then they are literally just filming people dancing on a stage, right? Yeah. yeah. But they manage to pull that off is when they're in these sets. And also, I can't wrap my head around the world. We talked about this a bit with Ginger Clown as well, right? But again, we've got these life-sized, human-sized cats, essentially, is what they are, right? Except they're in cat-sized worlds. Yeah. Right. So occasionally, like the tombstones they're at, for instance, are massive. Yeah. Right. But then they go to the milk bar, which should be for humans because it's a human world inhabited by humans who we see a shadow of at one point as well. Yeah. And there are cars and stuff. But the milk bar is sized for the cats. Yeah. And so, also right at the beginning where um, Victoria is dropped off in the bag. You you don't get the impression that this that this human who's dropping her off in the bag is fucking ginormous. No. Yeah. There's a problem with scale and perspective. Like Massive. Entire, and also, they're not even consistent with how they're sizing. Yeah. No, not um, at all. You know. I, I just couldn't wrap my head around the world. And, and, and then I went into this kind of weird headspace for about five minutes where I wasn't really watching anything that was going on because I was like, well, is it a cat world or is it a human world? And if hmm. so, what place have humans got in it then? Because it suggested that we're still the dominant species because they've dropped Victoria off. Hmm. But then... These cats seem to be entirely self-sufficient. None of them seem owned. It's weird. It's weird. And then when we get to Run Thumb Tugger later on, we find out that, of course, they are owned again. In fact, before that, even when we get to the old Grumbly twat, we find out that they're... <laughs> what we call it when we play it in band, and I can't call it the Gumby Cat. It's the old Grumbly twat. <laughs> How I know it. Um... <laughs> When we get to that, like she's she's kicking around in in like a human sized uh, kitchen as well. Mm. Um, okay, so we get the opening number. Then let's let's try and go through this. We've already given our general thoughts. I think there'll be many more as we go through. Let's try and go through this story as best we can. 
Problem one, if Victoria is to be our main character and our cipher, then the very first thing, and this is how easy it is to fix Cats, right? Not just the fucking film, Cats the stage show as well. Thing one that has to happen as soon as she gets out of that bag before she meets the Jellicle Cats, we need to know what she fucking wants. Yeah. She needs an I want song. There is a reason that is a thing in musicals, all right? Because she doesn't get one. She does in the film. She doesn't in the show. She does in the film, but not until like right in the middle of act two. So what the fuck do we care? Why does she want to be a Jellicle cat? Why, what is a Jellicle cat? Well, that, that, was, that was going to be my question. What the fuck is a Jellicle cat? Some nonsense made up shit from a book, um, like which is fine. We make yeah. shit up all the time. But again, give us context. Yeah, what's, exactly. what's a Jellicle cat? Why do they want to transcend? Why do they want to get, get to their next life? And all of this could be an Ur I Want song. An Ur I Want song is very, very simple, isn't it? Because she's being dumped. It's I want to belong. I don't know my place in the world. Yeah. Who am I? And then when the Jellicles come along, then you understand that she's like, oh, here's this crew that I can maybe fit in with. Mm. And it's all about acceptance. And the film does kind of wrap its arms around that a little bit later on. You know, when you get Judy Dench telling her that, you know, she's she's one of them. She is a Jellicle cat and, and, and all of it. So it's all there. It just needs setting up. And yeah. it isn't. And it's a very yeah, simple setup. And they've got additional songs in this. So there's no reason we couldn't have just written. Just write a fucking I want song. Yeah. That's all this needs. We need to understand who she's our cipher. It's essential that we understand her as a character because she's us. So yeah. we have to project onto her. We have to know what she wants. We have to follow her through. Because otherwise, all of these people she meets mean fucking nothing. Because they're just a random collection of cats. If I want to meet a random collection of cats, I'll go and stand in my back lane right now. There'll be about 20 of the pricks fucking. I guarantee it. Let's right? be fair, I can stand be... in your fucking living room. <laughs> well, yeah, they're not fucking. <laughs> but, yeah. but yeah, you go to my living room right now where you can meet four of them. They've all got individual personalities. They're all assholes in their own unique ways. Well, yeah, right? they're so cats. There's, yeah, there's plenty of ways I can go and meet random I... cats. Don't need I to do this. Watch, I would rather watch a musical about your cats because then it would be a musical version of The Godfather. <laughs> yeah, it I'm absolutely. Here for that. <laughs> it absolutely. <laughs> <does>. <laughs> um, so, so that's that's the first problem. Like she gets dumped off, and we're just like, oh, who, who the fuck's this mm. cat? Like, what, what does she want? Like, what, what's this about? And then immediately the Jellicle show up, and and they're all like, look at us, we're cool, we're the Jellicle cats. And I've never seen such a bunch of uncool motherfuckers in my life. I'll be perfectly honest. <laughs> Did we why not would, go to the same film school? Why would, well, yeah, other than us, obviously. Why would anyone want to be a fucking Jellicle cat? Like, wait, what the, what's the point? Like, for a start, they're all hanging around in packs. Now, as previously mentioned, I got four cats. They tolerate each other. They get on. Mm. They do not hang around together. That is not what cats do. <laughs> Lions, maybe. Bigger cats, maybe. Domesticated mm. cats? Absolutely fucking not. No way are they hanging around in packs, I'm telling you. If they do, if they get together in packs, especially ones that are roaming the streets, I say, I see them out the back lane all the time, they're going to do one of two things. They're going to fuck or they're going to fight. What they are not going to do is hang around together and sing songs, right? Basically, at this point, when they all descend, this should be West Side Story with cats. They should be pulling flick knives on each other, <laughs> like getting the claws out. That's what this should be if there's a group of cats hanging around together, let alone the fact that fucking Mr. Mistopheles is just the biggest fucking, like, what a fucking pansy. Oh, How the hell do they not jump him straight away? He's flouncing around acting like he's You're a fucking cat, mate. But like, not only that, that, he's that a fucking David Blaine a cat. Exactly, right? He's a dick. Right, and he's supposed to be our romantic lead. Where did that come from? Yeah, because like, that, that that didn't work. It not didn't work. At, it's... He's too wet, isn't he? He's fucking well, rubbish. He's not well, even a good addition. Is, it's, 
It's that you kind of got this bit where they're trying to shove him and Victoria into as many scenes together as they can yeah. to try and build up any sort of chemistry, but they're both so fucking flat. I mean, don't get me wrong. Um, what's her name? Is it Francesca Hayward, isn't it? The um, the actress. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fantastic dancer, a fantastic ballerina, fucking terrible actress. Yeah. And yeah. so to put her with somebody who clearly hasn't got a fucking clue what he's doing, he's just here to get paid. Presumably thinking this is going to lead on to bigger and better things because it's cats. And somebody told him it was the West End version, which actually you know, people would like it. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just any time they're on screen together, I don't get me wrong, I was bored shitless anyway. But mm. any time they were on screen, I was like, oh, right, okay, I'm going to put the kettle on. I drank about 40 but, cups of coffee during this fucking film. Yeah, and, and again, they've got no chemistry, right? He's fucking terrible. The character's fucking terrible. But also, the oh, story's... I a fucking song in my head, old bastard in day. It is probably <laughs> the best song in the show, other than memory, to be fair. Um, but the story is there for the taking, again, because you get the whole bit later on, right, where he needs to kind of pull it out of the bag and get Judy Dench back, right? He needs, to, he needs to do all that. But it's not been set up that he's actually not able to perform at any point. Or, or that he's actually magical, because they talk about his magic, but it's all fucking, again, it's that street magic slide of hand shit. But, but it's he's all no there, powers. isn't it? No, but, it, but it's all there, isn't it? If he's doing the street magic slide of hand, but he's a little bit nervy about it, and then actually he's quite attracted to Victoria, but oh, he's a little bit shy as well, because he's, you know, he's a different person when he's on stage, but, you know, he's not able to really <laughs> seal the deal. Um, which, which is suicide for a cat, right? Like I said, all they do is fight and fuck, occasionally eat and sleep as well. But if you build that up, that like he's just this bag of nerves and he's like, you know, especially when she starts falling in with Rum Tum Tugger and stuff like that as well. And he comes to save her and it's, there's all of this you could build, but we don't. Instead, we just have more fuckery, more singing and dancing. And so look, the point of a musical is that it's musical theater. All right. Yeah. There needs to be a fucking story. It's not just singing and dancing. The songs need to serve the narrative. That's the whole point. They can't just be a bunch of random character introductions. Mm. If you want to do this properly, what you do is every time somebody needs to express something and every time a character needs to be moved, that's when they sing. Yeah, That's how this should work. If, if you want to do this properly, you accept the fact that you can't recreate cats yeah. on film and instead you make an homage to cats called Dogs because then you get your <laughs> character that's a puppy that's thrown away and he sees a pack of dogs that are going to a ball and he's like, where's the ball? Where's the ball? I want the ball! I want the ball! <laughs> <laughs> oh, Helen, you've just instantly improved this film. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't take a lot, but that was that was good. Yeah. That's genius. Um, <laughs> but yeah, future reference. To also improve it, turn it off. Uh, well, yeah. yeah. I mean... I genuinely, we, we've talked about this a few times. I've, I've had a few close calls recently where I'm like, do I really have to watch this? Mm. I don't think I've ever come as close to turning it off as I did during the grumbly twat sequence of this because it is it is seriously playing to the furries and it, it sickened me to my stomach. And look, I'm not kink shaming. If that's your thing, you do you. It is not mine. Absolutely not. And I'm watching this going, what the fuck is this? It made me feel dirty watching that sequence. It also just... because. Right, so the Gumby Cat is the first sort of like quote unquote like main character in that they've yeah. got they've got a name playing it so that they're somebody that they've shoehorned into this story that they've got for the film. Mm-hmm. But and this isn't the only this isn't the only one that this is true for. The problem is is that the entire songs that you get about each of the cats go very deep into describing the personality and the character of who this cat is. Mm. 
Yeah. And the Gumby Cat is not is not portrayed by Rebel Wilson in any way, no. shape, or form in a way that matches the description of what the Gumby Cat is. And no. And you get this, you get this with really badly with Idris Elba. He's very tall and thin, and his eyes are sunken in, and he's ginger, and that's, yeah. that's not Idris Elba. No. And like all of all of these cats, you're getting these descriptions, and they're saying, "Oh, this is them," and they've got these really specific personality traits, and they've got these really specific physical characteristics mm. that do not match in any way, shape, or form the characters, the way that they're portrayed. And it's like, yeah. you haven't even fucking tried. Yeah, no. that that was my big issue, and I had it with um with Jenny Anyos, and I had it with Runtime Saga as well. Is that yeah, as exactly said, they go, they 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 spend so so long and they go so deep in the song to go. This is who this cat is. This is their character. This is no, this is their personality. And then when the song finishes, you see none of that. There is no, no. personality whatsoever. Well, that's because they, there is no story. The songs yeah. like that is it. That the mass of the stage show works as well. You get the song about that cat, and then you move on because it's based on this book. And each chapter in the book describes a cat. Right? Mm. It's a book of cats. And that's exactly what it is. There is no story, and it, like like I was saying earlier, and that's the bit that's missing. Like these these cats need to inhabit a world and tell us a story now, because yeah. this is a film. Otherwise, it is just a fucking musical review. And if I want that, I'll go and watch it on stage, and I won't because I don't like musical reviews. So why the fuck would I watch this? They're pointless. Like, because people on the internet like to hear us suffer. Like, that's why like, you did it. Yeah, probably. Um, but you know, if you want a bunch of songs strung together, go to a gig, yeah. right? Because <laughs> like musical reviews are point. Like, fucking, oh, I hate them so much. Uh, anyway, so <laughs> the Gumby, the Gumby cat is playing to the furries, but it goes a bit worse than that as well, because there's kind of an element of adult baby to it as well, and mm. and so it's yeah. playing to the to the furries and the pedos, and the feeders, and just just all of the really. I'm sorry, but for me, all of the really ick, really. <laughs> Ick. <laughs> kinks like again if that's your thing out there you do you all right but it's it's not me and i'm just watching this going oh my skin's crawling here like yeah. it, it's it's so bad and you I, to only... your skin off at one oh point, right? god I, I didn't know how to zip i was just, I was just gouging my neck, my neck how does that work yeah like what it was that yeah body horror was what that was yeah i mean the, the only the only saving grace i had by the time we got to this point which is what, 20 minutes in? Fuck knows. I was ready to fall asleep because I'm up at four at the moment working. So by the time I, was, I put this on on Sunday night, it was about nine o'clock and I was ready to just pass out anyway. So that worked quite well because I didn't have to concentrate on it too fucking much. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I I didn't concentrate probably as much as I should just because I, I couldn't. I hate the show. As I say, I would have walked out with it were I not with such a large group. I was on my own watching this and I could have turned it off at any point, but I powered through because I put it on the list. So I couldn't make you guys sit through it if I wasn't going to sit through it. I mean, to be fair, um, if, if anything's on the list, I'll, I'll power through it. I might not do it in one go. Um, and as I was that tired, I was thinking, fuck it, I'll just turn it off and I'll watch the end of it tomorrow. You never go back to it if you turn no, that, it off. No, that was my thing. Is that If I turn it off now, I'm not going back to it. No. Um, um, I mean, Tori's, um, Tori likes musicals. She's, um, she likes some of the, the Lord Red ones. Even she got about, I think she got about 40 minutes in. So why am I sitting here watching this? I'm not doing the fucking podcast. Yeah. Why am I wasting my time? Yeah. It's and fucking terrible. Bad. It's fucking terrible. And, and this, all of the bad things I thought about at this point were still quite early on, right? And, and, and so far, aside from the fact it shouldn't exist, and I didn't like the CGI and, and all of this, like, 
it's still carrying the baggage that I don't like from Cats because it's not making any illusions at this point to sort the story out. Yeah. So I was already down on it, but it was this number that really sealed the deal for me. Where this is, like we said, this is the first big number, really. First cat introduction. And it's just so lacking in pace and energy and imagination. And like you say, it's not the number doesn't work because they're not following the movements properly. So it just seems random. It kind of reminded me of a low-budget Christmas advert, is what this reminded yeah. me of. That's what yeah. it felt like. Yeah, <laughs> like, like a fucking shitty like Argos advert or something like that, or Aldi or some shit like yeah. that, where it's, it, it was just a terrible, terrible Christmas advert, basically. Um, so, yeah, there, there was that. And then this is where I started questioning how the world worked properly as well, because I was like, well, what size is she then? And why can she take her skin off? Yeah. And why is the milk bar human-sized? Why does the milk bar exist? We're humans. We wouldn't have milk no, bars. No, we'd have pubs. We'd have pubs, yeah, exactly. And if, you know, if you want to do that and you want to have a milk bar, it's very easy to do as well in this imaginative world. You lady in the tramp this shit. You have a pub and the barman comes out of the back of the pub and he puts down a load of sauces of milk because he feeds the cats. And then they can have their own little ramshackle milk bar at the back. It's a film. You can do what you fucking want. It's and not again, if it's animated, they could stage. do anything at all. Yeah. Like, I understand that would be difficult on stage because you've got to build a whole alley, right? Whereas a milk bar is easy to build. You put some stools and a counter and a neon sign that says milk. And to make it worse, you've CGI'd these sets as well. So you can literally yeah. make whatever the fuck you want. Awful. Um, I, I, I've got about half a page of me moaning about the musical here then. I think I've covered that already. <laughs> um, and I, just that the main thing they need to fix and the main reason I dislike the musical is that it has zero fucking story. So, you know, we need a protagonist here, basically, as which I've already said. For, for this to work at all, we need a protagonist, and we don't have one. We don't get to know Victoria at all. No. She doesn't get a right want song. Um, but then we then careen off very quickly into uh, Mungo Jerry uh, and Rumpel Teaser. Um, great. <laughs> this is probably one of the best sections of the film. This is good. This is shot much better, mm. you know. Um, but it's still like not enough to pull me around. But I, I, I do think this is a really good section. This feels more like a film musical should feel. It's imaginative. They're running around the house. They're fucking shit up. They're being cats. The performances are good. They're mischievous. Like, and then we start to kind of peel layers back on Victoria as well, because you can see her, you can see her getting fascinated with these. You can understand why she wants to know these characters. I misspoke earlier. I said it was Rum Tug Tugger. This happens. It's, it's here. I was talking about with. Uh, with Mungo Jerry and Rumpel Teaser. And you can see her getting interested and then fucking Mr. Mistopheles has to come in and ruin everything like a fucking cock tease. He just comes in like, no, don't bother with them. Look, you can have my dick if you want. <laughs> you can do magic. Look at me. Like, they're bad, okay? Um, so, but it's going along really nicely until that point. Yeah, until... <laughs> Till fucking Poundland Paul Stanley shows up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, but he is, right? <laughs> I hate this film. Sorry. <laughs> Jesus. Right. So all that's to say, basically, I was really enjoying this section for about two minutes there. I was like, yeah, this is all right. I, I, I could take this if, if, you know, let's just pretend the opening didn't happen. And if we've got another couple of numbers like this, like I'm still not going to be able to follow the story. I'm still going to whinge about that. But at least it's entertaining. Like now yeah, it feels okay. a bit more like it would feel if it were animated. 
right? You've got the cats running about doing some nonsense, doing catty things. The size of the world makes sense. I understand what this is, and it's funny. Yeah. And the song's okay, so it's all good, yeah? Um, but then just when I think maybe we're back on track, James fucking Corden shows up for a start. And also, I absolutely, under no circumstance ever in my life, want to hear Ray Winston singing. Who the fuck thought that was a good idea? Yeah. What was that about? Like, again, you could cast anybody. Like, why? Why? Why did you do that? <laughs> like, he obviously can't sing. Look at him. Like, what? And it's not even it's not even a good song. And it doesn't match the tone. And because, right. So you've got the two new songs in that. You've got the Ray Winston one and then you've got the Taylor Swift one. Yeah. And I'm actually not going to shit on the Taylor Swift one too much because it oh. does actually fit really oh. well. Wait, wait till we get there. I've got about two and a half pages of spunking about how great she is in this film. So you don't have yeah. to like. She's the best but, thing in this film by a country fucking mile. Like the, the song. I'm, I'm glad wrote, you said that because you're not allowed to criticize her on the internet. There's like a whole thing where you become like dead or something. I, I don't. We'll, we'll get into this <laughs> when we get to Taylor Swift. But but I'm yeah. I'm I'm fully in her camp as far as this yeah. film goes. But the song that she wrote and contributed to this, like actually, I think she did a bang up job. She's not she's not an artist that I listen to, but I've got nothing against the woman. I think you go for it. You're doing really well. Um, yeah, like crack on love. You you you're good for a reason, and you've got yeah. popularity for a reason. I've got zero issues with you. But the the bit with Ray Winston on the barge, I was just like. Having James Corden sarcastically comment on the fact that the rhymes are crap does not excuse you from the fact that you've shoehorned in a song that's just shit. Like, mm. if you're going to put something in it, you've, you've got a certain level. That you've, you've got to try and make the new bits, like, match the old bits. Yeah. And also, if you're going to create new songs, fine, create new songs, right? But then if you're going to cast Ray Winston, write for Ray Winston, and yeah. that means you're yeah. not writing songs... Because he can't fucking sing. Well, I'm well, sorry. This, this is it. <laughs> I mean, it's it's the argument of whether whether you you cast what you've got or you write for you write for your cast. But either either way, you've it's got to fit. It has to it has to it has to make sense. And you say, no, you, you look at Ray Winston. You, you, nobody's taking Ray Winston seriously as a singer anyway, because he's done every every role he's ever fucking played. He's not he's not there to sing. No, and and that's fine. And he may be a man of many talents, but clearly singing singing ain't one of them. But it may be that this song was. Be, was beyond his, his capabilities. It may be actually if they'd if it'd been written in a different way or it'd been set up and arranged in a different way, actually you might you might have been able to make it work. But for whatever reason, he's just been completely set up to fail here. Yeah, it's fucking terrible. I, honestly, they would have been better off having him rapping. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Honest, no, they that would. I would pay to see. They would. Um, that I would pay to see. But but yeah, so so that's fucking awful. We've skipped over the James Corden of it all, to be honest. Other than saying he shows up and like, look, I don't think any of us. Wait, I, I'm I'm making assumptions here, guys, but I don't think any of us need to stick our flag in the sand about how we feel about James Gordon here. I'm assuming we're all. Can I stick my flag face. through him instead? Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. He, he's another one of those people, right? It's, it's a jolly fat man routine, isn't it? Yeah, I, I get the absolute satisfaction of people now realizing what I've been saying for the last like ten years, yeah. like I have with John Barrowman. It's like, oh no, actually, he's a cunt, isn't he? And I'm like, yeah, I've been saying that since Gavin and Stacey. This isn't yeah, new. he's a complete cunt. What, like, why, why is this news to everybody? He's obviously a cunt. Like, and and he has no redeeming features whatsoever. He, he's like you said, Mark. He has this jolly fat man routine, but he doesn't even do that particularly well. To be mm. honest, he's just grating. His pudgy, smiley little face just makes me want to fucking take a cheese grater to it. I hate the man. Just, ugh, it makes my skin. Well, do, do you know? I can't. I think it was Family Guy that did it, where somebody rolled out the Pillsbury Doughboy. 
Yeah. That's what needs to happen to that twat. Yeah. He's, he's a fucking steamroller. Just go straight over him. He's and like, like, if you, if, you, if you take Homer Simpson and remove all of the charm, you end up with James Gordon. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's what you get. You end up with James Gordon. Fucking hate the man. Anyway, yeah. So, so he's in it. And actually, to be fair, got to give him credit. By the standard of this film, he's one of the better performers. To be got fair, to give though, I that. think, given, given what we've just said, the fact he's playing quite a pompous overweight arsehole kind he's of playing to it. type yeah, yeah he is he's definitely playing to type and and he's all right in this i'll be honest he is yeah. all right in this um don't have an issue with him at all he's one of the better performances um <laughs> my next note I, I i don't know where this came from i don't know what i was watching at the time i probably <laughs> tuned out but we've we've gone past the ray winston of it all so i'm probably somewhere around about them just about getting to the jellical ball um none of this means anything no one has any agency. I am having a bad time. <laughs> well, to be I'm... fair, that could be an end point during the watch, couldn't it? <laughs> and then in brackets, I've written, though actually still not as bad as watching the actual show. Um, so <laughs> at least I'm in my house. Yeah. I haven't had to go out for this yeah. shit. The, the other thing I, I'm, I'm thinking, by the time you get to the end of the, the, the Ray, Ray Winston section, is that if you were watching Bat Pussy, you would have finished by now. Yeah. Yes. I would rather watch Bat Pussy twice than watch this again and that's saying something yeah, um i think yeah. i'd go along with that yeah i think so, i'd actually agree as well so for context of roughly where i was when i wrote that note, my next note says we're 54 minutes in now here's the i want song finally um it should have it should have immediately followed the overture yeah like if we'd have got it straight away it would have made much more sense um so we get a little bit of the i want song we had our first performance of memory as well which is yeah, yeah. it's okay first performance of it is fine um and then Ian McKellen shows up. They get to the Jellicle Ball. There's some, mm. there's some fuckery when that starts. There's a big dance sequence with, like, I don't know, some modern pop man. I don't know who he is. I think I'm supposed to, but I don't because I'm not down with the kids. Um, <laughs> which character was that? I, I don't know. The singing oh, one. Oh, this Jason Derulo? That's him. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's him. Yeah. yeah, I think he's the only person whose name is, is, uh, is parodied as much as Matt Damon and uh, Craig David. There you go. Hello, I'm middle-aged. Um, <laughs> I, mean. I have no fucking clue who he is, um, but his number sucked ass. Um, it's really bad. The dancing was pretty good in this number, apart from the weird elastic legs. Mm. But they do at least shoot it um, pretty good. Skipped over the fact that Judy Dench shows up as well. Yeah. Um, I mean, she's fine. She's Judy Dench. Although, is it just me? I don't mean to be mean, but is it just me or does she increasingly look like she's going batshit crazy now with every extra oh, yeah, yeah. she does. She looks like she's properly descending into crazy old lady territory, doesn't she? The other thing that I always think of is at the end of Masters of the Universe where the sorceress is getting older and older and older and just started yeah. decaying and breaking down. Yeah, yeah. Judy Dench. Well, but the thing was Anytime like... you see her on screen, it's just she's gone that step further. Yeah, because like, you know, 10, 15 years ago, Judy Dench had this kind of like elder stateswoman kind of thing yeah, about she's, it. Like, she's, she's the national treasure, wouldn't she? No, she yeah, absolutely. But it, it just seems like every time you see her now, it's like it's like when people are watching the Queen slowly degenerate in front of their eyes. Do you know what I mean? Over the last sort of two years, it's the same sort of thing now. You just, every time you see her, you're like, oh, yeah, she's looking rough. Yeah, just don't, <laughs> don't retire now. Just go, just yeah, go, just, go, just go, go and sit the... in your chair and rock or something. You know. Yeah, and I and I don't, you know, I I feel really bad saying that because yeah, national treasure, absolutely. And she's definitely somebody that you should never say anything bad about. But can't help looking at her and thinking, mm, she kind of she kind of looks like she might smell a bit of wee now. <laughs> she's, she's the literal crazy cat lady in this. Yeah, yeah. she really yeah. is. Um, she also, makes she makes me very uncomfortable in about 20 minutes' time in this film where she lifts her leg right up in the air when yeah. McKellen's performing. 
And yeah. I'm like, oh, I know yeah. what that means. I've got cats. <laughs> <laughs> That's really unpleasant. <laughs> but yeah, Ian McAllen shows up. When he first shows up, um, I wasn't quite sure what to make of him because he is being very cat-like. He's doing a lot of meowing, a lot mm. of... And it, and it was a little bit like, do you remember... Oh, well, I say a couple of years ago. It was probably fucking 10 years ago now when George Galloway was in Celebrity Big Brother. Maybe even more than 10 yeah. years ago. That was probably more like about 20. When he was crawling around on the floor making the cat noises. I got a little bit of that, first of all. Yeah, when, when Ian McCann showed up. But then he gets to his number mm. and he's fucking phenomenal. Like it, it makes you realize when you see when you see him do his number in this film and with the way they shoot it as well, because again, they lock the camera on him. He's on stage giving a performance. Yeah. It just makes you realize how bad the rest of the cast is. Yeah. <laughs> because I, he absolutely I, commands the screen when he's yeah. on it. And I really liked it as well, because you get the bit bef- um, just before it where I can't, is he talking, is Mr. Doherty is talking to you, isn't it? And you get this, it, it's it's like this um it's an old lovey techno telling the telling the yes. kids how it used to be and how no, how yes. great it could be and all the all the sort of the, the things that they used to get used to get up to. And I thought, actually, there's a bit to that. There's a bit no, fine, there's a bit of character in someone, there's a bit of story to someone where you're thinking, I want to know more about that. Yeah. And then he That's... goes to his number and you think, yeah, actually, no, I can get on board with this for yeah. about two minutes and then the rest of the film kicks back in. But, but, but that's another one of those with with but no, but even okay, apart from the you know, the fairly annoying, uh, fairly disturbing leg movement that the have, just having Judy Dench there, the fact that it, I don't know if you remember the sitcom she did with um Jeffrey Palmer, was it um Waiting for God? Mm, it was either that one or as time goes by, the one where they were married, yeah, but, and they're in the retirement home. No, I think that was um, am I getting confused? That was Penelope Keith, wasn't it? No, I can't remember, but the, the one I'm thinking of, they were married, they were a, 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 a couple of pensioners, they were still living in their own home. But yeah, they were. Ba- it was basically just all the ways they took the piss out of each other. For you no, know, well, I used to knock around with supermodels. Yeah, well, I used to knock around with footballers, and it's just they constantly one up in each other, and constantly just it was just this. There was a, an actual relationship between them, and for for about half a minute, you got some sort of sense that oh fuck, actually, there's a bit of character in this film after yeah. an hour and change, and then it all went away again. Yeah, that's that's the real travesty of it, isn't it? It's like I was saying, if if they'd done it animated. I would quite happily take 80 minutes of sort of vignettes like this, where you're introduced yeah. to them, yeah. they get their backstory, and, and you do get that with him. You do understand where he's coming from before the number. And then so the number means something. Yeah, he's on it. stage performing again, and it's slightly tinged with this little bit of sadness, but he's, he's very bittersweet, yes. and he plays it beautifully. It's a lovely number. It's the highlight of the film so far. And... I think it's also significant. His his is the only character where the actual character that's established in his song pays off later yeah. on yes. in the film. Like yeah. he's the only one that's got any kind of an arc. Yeah, and and that's the thing. They could all of these characters, I think, are are different enough and unique enough that they could have this arc if they chose to give it to them. And there's plenty of screen time here to do that. It's just we have too much fuckery about jellical cats and jellical balls and. Just fuck off. Just fuck off with that shit. This film would work so much better. And it's my next note, actually. Um, after So I've, I've rambled about Ian McKellen for a little bit about how good he is. And and to be honest, that is entirely <clears throat> testament to him as a performer and his charisma. Yeah. Because yeah. nobody's doing anything for him. He's just like, well, yeah. they're going to lock the camera off more or less. So I'm going to give a performance here. And he yeah. does. And it's great. Right. It, it, it transcends the screen, which is what I was saying earlier on. Like, you want to be on stage with them. And they understand that here. Mm. Once we get into the Jellicle Ball, once Jason Derulio's, what's his name? Near enough. Close enough. Right, once his thing's out of the way, all of that fuckery, and we're just into each of the cats competing for the prize, essentially. 
yeah, which is to ascend and, and to have their next life and stuff. There is a sort of structure and then mm. they can hang these characters on it and it starts to make sense. And for about half an hour here, it sort of feels like there might be something here, sort of. Trouble mm, is, it's bookended by utter shit. But yeah. there is definitely a version of this out there where you could have scrapped all the junk at the start have Victoria dumped in a bag just before the Jellicle ball starts. Yeah, and so they, they get, take her straight in. Yeah, get caught up in all this. Like, what the fuck is this? Who are these people? What's going on? Yeah, bring it all into that. Um, and, and then just have us meet these characters on stage at the Jellicle ball while they're completing. All right, that basically makes it like Pussy's Got Talent, the movie. But it was fine. Like, that's if that's what we're going to do, that's that's fine, right? We, we, we can take that. And there's a version of that that works, I think. Um it, it just works much better. It's got structure. It's got a story. You know, you've got the MacGuffin there of them actually just ascending, even though it's actually about the characters themselves. You've got something to hang it on. Um, so, yeah, that's all fine. Um, from here on out, it's mostly fine. Nothing's really good, but it's mostly fine. We get the the dead payoff with magical Mr. Mistopheles, which we've already talked about. Like, there's not enough work put in at the start for him to suddenly need to the yeah. super magician guy um and, and this is another thing about the world actually because you've got um McCavity who has some sort of magical ability he can he can yeah. apparate but then nobody else does so that's never there's never any anything to sort of hang the fact that he can do that and then yeah you've got you get Mistopheles who shows no prowess in you know in that type of magic it's all no it's all like card tricks and it's like the hand mm-hmm. shit. so the, no, the two things are very different and they don't know they're always set up as very different so if he has them again, you need the backstory. So if he's got this magic in him, where is it? How, why doesn't he use it? How, why can't he use it and build it up from there? So as I was saying earlier, but you know, he's he, he gets the stage fright, he gets nervous, he can't perform because something, you know, there's something behind it. There's something where he says, if I use it, something's going to happen. Mm. If if the end game is the multi is they all want to die, then presumably you know the, the it goes wrong and they all live forever. You know, but you know, just give it something for you know, for there to be stakes for him to try to do it again. So when he then has to do it at the end, it means something. And it's uh, very easy. It's very easy, right? The reason he doesn't do it, right, is because McCafferty uses magic all the time and he's mm. the bad cat. And so it's seen as like a path to like the dark side of the force or whatever. He's not trying to fucking die anyway. What's the matter? But 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 you see what I'm saying? Like it, it it's it's frowned upon. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like you, you you don't want to be messing about with that shit. You know, make it like Satanism or something, and be like, no no no, no you no don't don't do that. It's bad. So he's yeah. ashamed of it, right? Whereas actually, you know, he can use <coughs> his powers for good, right? But he's afraid to do that, and he's afraid to reveal himself. And then through his relationship with Victoria, he can kind of unlock that through the love that they have for each other, and you know, she can bring that out in him. It's all there. It's there for the taking. You just don't bother because yeah. fuck it. Let's yeah. just have them jumping about and shit in it with tails. Like, yeah. fuck it. It'll do. People will watch it. Um, now, for all that I absolutely detest this show, I detest this film. I detest Andrew Lloyd Webber. All of it. God damn, this performance and memory that we get next is fucking heartbreaking. They know exactly what to do here again. Now, it is literally ripped out of the... <laughs> the adaptation of Les Mis. He's pulled exactly the same trick as he does there. Yeah. But he just locks the camera off nice and tight on her face and just goes, right, sing. Just sing. Just perform. And it's fucking excellent. It is absolutely excellent. You cannot look away. The mm. only... There are two cutaways that I counted. There may have been more, but I was writing. But I just counted one to Victoria and one to Judy Dench just to show that actually she was into this and, like, yeah, she's going to yeah. ascend to, like, fucking... 
the great litter box in the sky or wherever the fuck they go. I don't know. But the performance is fucking great. Like, it's absolutely... They, this was, like, I, I might have shed a tear. Like, I, I, I might have. Um, if I however, did, folks, I realise how close to the end we were. Uh, no, well, not as close as you'd like. Um, well, no. You know, but but th- there's real confidence in the direction here, is what I'm saying, for the first time in the whole film. I've skipped over a load, actually. Um, yeah. I've, sk- I've skipped over loads and loads, probably um, because I was falling asleep. Um, I, <laughs> I, I did, I have to admit, for all I said, I liked the Jellicle Ball stuff. I did fast forward one of the numbers. I couldn't take it. You didn't it. miss anything. The fucking, whatever the train cat one is. Yeah, oh. I, yeah what was the fucking point in what, that? The, what is the point in this? Yeah, so I was like, fuck this. I'm skipping it. So I skipped it. Um, it it's one of those ones that conceptually, the reason why it works on stage, which is you've got the tap dance and the, the rhythm of the tap is yeah. making the sound of the train. And then they use the props that are listed about the stage to create the train. The second you've got an actual fucking train in the film, you've destroyed like the... Yep, yeah everything that makes the the number kind of work yeah <laughs> i was just like no I, I don't fucking need this so i skipped past it um and then we get we get taylor swift appearing at that point and for all i've said i like memory and i like the Ian mccallan's performance this is so much better than than anything else in this film like you, you want to talk star power like i, I again mm. know very little about the woman um i know she splits opinion straight down the middle i know mm. she has absolute devout fans now there's people who can't fucking stand her don't really know a lot about her but all i'll say is she's the best thing in this film by a long fucking shot I this is the, th- the best three four minutes yeah. of the entire film as i think the thing that she brings uh, as well as Starpo, there's a bit of energy so obviously there no, absolutely e- is. even when you've had you've had sort of the higher tempo numbers which there aren't that many of because everything's a little bit like everything's a bit silly and it sort of stops before it gets going this you get a full-on show tune and you're in there and actually you've you know, they've taken the time to say right okay well We've got all, we've got all these people. So all of a sudden, she's doing no, she's doing this number. So she no, she has other characters with her. Things are going on around her. So we need to see that. Yeah. And actually, it's like they've gone. If if you had if you were making a film with with a very small budget, you're right. We cannot. We've we've got this budget and we can afford to blow it on one sequence. That that's what this feels like. Is they've gone right. We need to put all of our all of the effort, all of the no, the real the real artistry, the real the real sort of time and the real care needs to go into this sequence. Because it, sta- it stands up so much higher than the rest of the film. It really does. It stands head and shoulders above and, the rest of the film. And when you think, I mean, it's the only time we meet her character. It's the only time we see her character. Yeah. And she's the only one who's not fucking singing about herself. Yes, she's singing about, she's she's singing about different. Yeah, she's singing about Cavity. But she's yeah. in full-on, like, it, it's a full-on Jessica Rabbit lounge oh, God, number. Yeah. Like, yeah. she's she's sultry, seductive. She's everything she needs to be hmm. for this character. Weirdly, though, again, this is a, just a weird inconsistency. She is very clearly, like, she has a cat face. Yeah. But other than that, she's very clearly a woman yes. in a cat suit. Yes. Like, she's got, she's got tits and everything. None of the others have. Yeah. Why, and, I know, and I know they're trying to make her sultry and seductive and stuff. But then... I, I I don't know. I don't yeah. get it. Like, Again, just make it's a, a one or the choice. other. It's a design choice that doesn't really. It doesn't mean anything. No, no. You either you either need to go full in on the cat thing and mm. just make it so fucking sultry and sexy that everybody feels uncomfortable. Yeah. Right? You just full on go for it. Like right? <laughs> you've got to do it. Right? Or you pull back and go entirely the other way and just and just make a ridiculously cat like you know like mm. like cartoony almost. You've got to go one or yeah. the other. You've got to go Lola Bunny or you've got to go Daisy Duck. You can't. <laughs> You can't have the middle ground here. Yeah. 
you, you can't you've got to go one or the other because the middle ground just doesn't work it really yeah. does yeah the, the one thing i did find a little bit um i was just disconcerting it, was, it, it certainly felt strange it certainly felt forced is the it, it's almost like she's trying to sing with an accent maybe she does that anyway i don't know enough about but, her. what i've heard <laughs> but she doesn't but i think i was thinking about it this afternoon and i think what it is that when you get certainly for songs not yours and you're singing it you will always try you rather than trying to sing it in a particular voice you'll, you'll try and mimic the sound mm. and it's almost as if she's trying to replicate whoever did it in a previous recording or a previous version that she's seen rather than putting her voice on it and i thought that that felt a bit off i mean it's an ensemble song in the actual musical it's not sung by one singer mm, it's right. sung by like multiple different yeah. characters that are all sort of like chiming in from the chorus right um, and then obviously, if you've got Taylor Swift, you're not just going to use her for like a few lines. You're going to give her the full fucking number, um, mm. and she absolutely smashes it. But the thing is, is, I think the reason why she sort of sounds like she's trying to sing with an accent is because you've got the spoken word things, which are very British London yeah. based. You know, yes, yeah. It would that would not work in an American accent, and she's at least a good enough performer to have clocked that and been mm. just like, right, I can't sing this in an American accent, so I'm. But a trans, the transatlantic accent is very acceptable in musical theatre, so I'm just going to pitch myself there. Off the yeah, mm. yeah. Uh, yeah just, I, I, the whole I, sequence I, is just phenomenal. Yeah, <laughs> it, I, it really is. I think from my not knowing how the sequence works in in the in the stage version, that's probably where that came from. But yeah, it just it it felt. Listen, the voice felt inconsistent. I think that that probably explains what it is. Yeah. Is that if she's if she's mimicking lots of different voices because she wouldn't normally, you know, that character wouldn't normally be singing them, that would explain that. I think. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but yeah, so she's excellent. I, I skipped over that entirely. I said we were going to talk about her, and, and we absolutely should, because if I had to tell people to watch a portion of this film, it would be this. Like, just cut this out as a music video and mm. watch this. That'll, I mean, that'll do it you. Helps that it's one of the strongest songs in the it, show. It really anyway. does. Yeah, yeah, it, it really does. But again, uh, it, feels, it feels more like... An, uh, so, uh, an early act, uh, an early act two or an end of act one song where you're introducing your villain it doesn't belong at this point it belongs far earlier in the project because you want to be setting up who mccavity is and what he does and why he's a threat yeah. true true yeah, yeah. It doesn't true long at the very fucking death no and, no it doesn't yeah, and because it's a because the show itself is just it's a section of songs you're not you shouldn't feel with the exception of grizabella you need the mm. grizabella song first to introduce who she is before yeah. you get memory so that yeah. you know you've got set up payoff but with the exception of that you can have the jellical songs in any fucking order that you want because it's not yeah. like there's a story that's like following through so completely i mean the problem is is that then you what you probably end up doing is front loading your film with all of the good songs to make people think oh yeah this is going to be great and then you have all of the shitty songs like later on and you're just like isn't that what they did in frozen oh mark you took the words out of my mouth i was literally <laughs> like yeah, well done <laughs> I was literally about to say exactly the same thing. That's <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sorry. And, and that, you know, they go one of the most successful films of all time. So yeah. it goes to show that like, yeah, you can front load it. And yeah, that is a huge issue I have with frozen. It's the only issue I have with frozen though, you know, like as a film, it works fine. It's just that all the songs are over in the first 40 odd minutes. Yeah. And then it's like, like if you get it to music, it's supposed to be a musical. Yeah. And, and they completely remedy that then in frozen too. They understood what went wrong there. And that, you know, that in part is is down to the trouble production that, that Frozen had. It, it's a miracle that the thing fucking exists at all, to be honest. Let alone it's one of the biggest films ever. Yeah, exactly. Right. So but this doesn't have that excuse because no. this is an, a, an adaptation of one of the most successful stage musicals of all fucking time. 
Yeah. So, you know, if you'd have just made half a fucking ounce of effort here, this was going to bank. It's just that they made no effort whatsoever. So it got absolutely panned and he didn't even get the sympathy vote. Like if yeah. they just made some fucking effort towards this and yeah, messed that structure around a bit because, you know, yeah, there will be some people that are going to go and watch this because they've seen the music and they really liked it, right? And yeah. you can divide that group down into two further groups. One will be the fanatics that have seen the musical a million times and will fucking hate this no matter what you do. But we'll still pay to watch it because it's cash. Still pay, right. And they'll, they'll probably still buy it when it comes out on, yeah. on release as well. Yeah. And the other group will have gone to see it once because it was on tour near them and it was a night out and they enjoyed it. So they'll yeah. watch this again. Unless they had a really severe reaction to it like I did, they probably would have forgotten most of the shit in the show. So mm. they'll enjoy it all over again, right? And they won't know that it's all mixed around. But what you also do then by mixing it around and actually telling a cinematic story is you invite in the new audience. Yeah. Yeah. And they'll actually take something from it rather than going, well, this is a fucking mess. Why have they all got bum holes? What the fuck's going on here? <laughs> <laughs> like, because, you know, when that's when that's one of the main fucking things that people can say about your film is like, it's so wrong. They've all got bum holes. Like, you've done something really wrong there, haven't you? That's a real misstep. <laughs> Incidentally, the cut I watched wasn't the bumhole cut. I was quite okay. disappointed until I got to that shot with Judy Dench, and then I was like, "No, I'm really glad this." Is the <laughs> I, I didn't know there were different cuts. I just oh, had whatever well, yeah. one was yeah, on yeah. there. When it when it first came out, you could see all the balloon knots, so oh, they <laughs> it had to be re-edited very quickly because people were like, "No, this this no." <laughs> <laughs> like you can't do this. This is I'm, wrong. I'm very glad I didn't see that. I got to be honest. Yeah, yeah, it's totally, totally <laughs> wrong. Um, it's been re-edited. Is it once or twice? It's, it's had a re-edit as well. A couple of days after it was released, they pulled it back in and recut it and sent it back out as well. But it's, it's, it was a real fucking mess. Uh, and yeah, and as part of that process, out came the buttholes. So somewhere out there on the internet, I have no doubt there is a butthole cut of this. See, some whoever did that should have edited Psycho as well. <laughs> yeah but then we wouldn't have the song uh, yeah yeah, yeah I, I, you can't touch that anymore now like that's it's wrong now you gotta leave her alone now can't it's wrong <laughs> it's just wrong now i think it was anyway to be fair yeah it's, it's just wrong now um <laughs> it's too soon it's too soon <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah there, there's a bum hole. We, what the fuck were we talking about i started talking about bum holes um <laughs> i don't know i can't remember oh so uh, yeah so people's reactions to it people's reactions that's what it was yeah yeah people's reactions so it's inexcusable that they just put this shit out, you know, like it's kind of, it, well, it is an own goal blatantly because this thing absolutely fucking tanked, yeah. right? But it would have been so easy to fix. That's the annoying thing with this. Like mm. it's it's all there. And, and I don't even think you necessarily need to add much or take much away. You just it's, need to restructure it yeah, all. Roll an I want to... song in there and you're yeah. fine. I mean, they've, they've added, I think it's two songs. Now. They added the, um, the Ravens one and they added... Um... The one that Francesca Hayward did with Grisabella, I can't remember what it was called, and then they used the Taylor Swift one over the credits at the end. Mm. Um, so they've 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 added those two to it. So yeah, there wouldn't there's nothing to stop them having added one at the beginning to just set the film up. And I think you're right. If you if you moved a few things around, you didn't have to lose them, but just have shifted shift the focus a little bit, or just shift the running order a bit. I don't know. There's, also, there's there's something about it that, that you think well, actually the 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 elements are there, the building blocks are there. But it's like when you build Lego and you sort of start with a really small bit and then you try and build out and then wonder why it all falls over. But I think it's also really telling that the Victoria's I Want song, the beautiful ghosts one, mm -hmm. was written by Taylor Swift mm -hmm. 
after she joined the film and did it because she was like, you need this song in the film. She wrote it and recorded it and they shot the entire sequence in three days. Mm. So that's the reason why the vocal performance of it by Francesca Hayward is not phenomenal because she was literally learning the song as it was being written so they could shoehorn it into the production structure. Because Taylor Swift was the only person that walked into the film and was just like, where's your fucking I want song? You need one. Give me a pencil. I'll write you one now. And, and I think so. So for all I said, I don't know much about her, and I think she's really good in this film. She is now Helen, knowing that gone up in my estimation yeah. Yeah, tenfold like this, again this is, by just literally being I able mean. to pick up on that. Like, like she deserves credit because Taylor this is Swift is yeah. the saving grace of this film as absolutely. much as she possibly could be. Mm. Absolutely, because that I want song, as I said right back at the start, that is the thing that was absolutely missing for me in the stage show. Yeah. And although it's here, it's too late. Yeah. Right, yeah. but at least but it, they have one. Yes, it, fits it does. With everything that's around it as well. So I was yes. just like, I feel like Taylor Swift is the only person in this project that actually understood the assignment. Yeah, yeah. completely. Completely. Um, apparently, so legend has it as well, um, fucking Lloyd Webber himself wrote several shitty, stroppy emails to production crew going like, you got to fucking stop this. This is a disaster. You don't know what the fuck you're doing. And like, I don't think he knows what the fuck he's doing half the time. So if he can see that as well, like, yeah. you know, the fact that they just forged forward with this stuff, it, it baffles me. It really does. Like, surely the first time you see a previs of this shit actually moving, yeah. surely somebody goes, oh, oh, no, wait a minute. <laughs> maybe maybe this is wrong. Maybe we're not supposed to do this. But the fact that they forged forward yeah. bonkers to me, absolutely bonkers. And And to be fair, like the level of talent they've got in this as well. Yeah. Like, yeah, there's far too many people that should have known better. Yes. Way, way. Absolutely. I guess the saving grace of it is that most of those people, Judy Dench aside, are probably doing a day or two here at most because of the way it's structured. They show up, they shoot their little segment. So, like, Ian yeah. McKellen's probably on set for three or four days, shows up, shoots his segment, fucks off. Idris Elba, same thing. Like, he runs all the way through the film, yeah, but he's probably, you add his screen time up. Five minutes if at that, most. Yeah, and he's nearly always in, in like a little cutaway. Yeah, yeah. That's that's not a big number that he's. No, in. he's been shot on his own on a soundstage somewhere and dropped in. You yeah. know. Yeah. Um, again, yeah. James Corden shows up, does his number, does a well, few bits this on is the it, boat, I think with the probably with the probably section of Judy Dench, um, Francesca Hayward, and um, Laurie Davidson, who was Mustafa's, and Robbie Fairchild, who was um, Monkey Strap. Everybody else is barely in it. Yeah, they're the only ones who keep on popping up, and they're in the background, or they're cutaways, and all the rest of it. So, they, I mean, I think they filmed it over about four months. It wasn't a long process. It wasn't a long process at all. Um, and, you know, it took far longer to to edit it and to do all the CG and shit like that as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, realistically, people are getting paid for this. People have paid a lot of fucking money for this, and it's it's like Arnie and Batman and Robin. You do you do a couple of days, you get your twelve million, you fuck off. Yeah, yeah, I I I just say the only. The only one that's there for any period of time is Judy Dench. And even her, really, like when you think about it, like her character, um, Deuteronomy, isn't it? She's yeah. like Deuteronomy doesn't really show up until the end of act one, start of act two, because you can't call this a three act structure because it's not. You've got to talk in stage terms. It's end of act one, yeah, start of act, act two. Yeah. You've got leading up to the gelical ball and you've got the gelical ball, right? Yeah. You, you haven't got anything else, right? So really speaking, she's not there for that fucking long either, is she? Like she's just gets there for a bit, puts a coat on, opens her legs and fucks off like that. Well, let's be fair. She won an Oscar for uh, Shakespeare in Love. She was only in that for two fucking minutes. True. She didn't open her legs in that, did she? True. <laughs> oh, she was younger, though. It was probably more acceptable. 
Well, it's not that it's unacceptable. It's just not something I not really pleasant. like. Old old people fuck. Who are you kidding, right? Old people fuck. I just yeah, I thought there's so many broken hips. I don't really want to think about it. Like, you know, I mean, it's just gross. I'm For sorry. Everybody listening, <laughs> if you are interested, go to Pornhub. I'm sure there's a whole load of it there. I bet you, if you really looked on the internet, somebody's like taking a still of her with her legs open there, and like, yeah, just nah. I don't, oh, want, God. I don't want to go there, but look. What I'm saying is, if you want that, pretty much it'll, sure it'll Deviant, Deviant Art's going to be your friend there. Yeah, <laughs> like it's out there for you. Um, but yeah, that's that's what it is. Everybody's just. It's like when we, you know, when we talk about the the shit that we talk in here, where like all of a sudden you'll be watching something terrible, you know, like an Uwe Ball film, and the, he's got Ray Liotta, for instance. Yeah. And it's because Ray Liotta wasn't doing anything that day. That afternoon. Yeah. And he, there's an element of that to it, isn't it? Where they're like, yeah, "You busy? No. Do you want to be in Cats? Uh, yeah, yeah right. why, <laughs> why not? Like, I'll do it. Whatever." But I think the yeah. thing with this as well is that people will be looking at this and going, "Right, this is the film version of like the, the biggest fucking West End, Broadway, and everywhere else musical in history. Why wouldn't I want to be a part of it?" And by the time they've read the script, it's too fucking late. They've already signed and they can't get out of it again. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, oh, it's fucking bizarre, isn't it? This film is just bizarre. Um, all right, let, let's let's get to a wrap up on what loosely passes as the story, then, and we'll we'll properly dive into our thoughts on it. So, so yeah, Grisella or whatever her fucking name is, the manky old prostitute cat, um, gets to ascend to like get her. To... Right, here's the other thing. They call it the tenth whatever it is, don't they? So, so is that like? Do they get more than nine lives? I don't know. Well, no, it, it's... they go to the heavenly lair, which is where they get their new life. Yeah, it's it's basically don't fuck off and die so you can be reincarnated as something else. They're all competing to die because they want to die. Like there's something in that. Yeah, but there's but there's something in that that isn't explored as well, isn't it? It's not enough to just go off because cats have got nine lives. It's like no, there's there's a lot here to explore. Like this this is basically assisted suicide. So there's there's stuff to unpack here. Like what. What is wrong in all of these cats' lives that they're so miserable? They're, because the only one you get that from is is Grisella. Like all of the others, he's just like, and maybe in McKellen's character because he's a sad yeah. old flesh. Yeah, he's, he's a sad clown, isn't he? At that point. Yeah, but but everyone else, you just like McCavity, for instance. Why the fuck does he want to go up there? Like, well, he's yeah. having a great time. And th- this again, this was my problem with McCavity, and and this is why you needed his introductory song far earlier. Because yeah. we never okay, we 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 learn that he what no he wants to be the jellical cat that's selected and goes off to Valhalla or whoever the fuck it is, um. But why? What what's his yeah. reward and what no what's going on? Because we don't know anything about him other than the fact he can apparently teleport. Well, here's the thing, right? You, you're gonna get you're gonna get reborn, yeah. So mm. aside from that, okay, let's just assume that he's just generic villain, right? So he wants to be the best of the best, right? That mm. he's gonna just skeletal this shit. No real reason for being bad. He just is, is. right? The ultimate prize, though, is to be reborn, right? Except in this current life, you're Idris Elba, you can do magic, you look cool as fuck in a hat when no other cats are wearing a hat. But he's ginger. Right? He's not ginger. He's not ginger. He's, he's like not. a. He's, no, he's not ginger. He's like a tabby brown kind of. But again, they describe him. They describe him as ginger. Yeah, but he's not ginger. No, he's, he's, he's not, not at all. He's, he's but, not thin. But that, that would explain why he wants to top himself. Yeah, like also spends most of the film walking around butt naked as well. Like sometimes he's got a coat on, but it's open. Like because because he's Idris Elba, so he's gonna he's just gonna show off his fucking chest. Like why not? So you got all that going on for you. You look around the rest of these pricks, and you you've got like fucking magical Mister Mistopheles who can't even get it up, and you've got the fucking. <laughs> 
you got all of the other like you got Ian McKellen's character who's just a sad clown. You got the railway cat who's just the biggest fucking dork you've ever seen in your entire life. You got James fucking Corden. Right, this is your competition. Surely you just look at this and go, no, do you know what? Like, if I get reborn, I could end up like one of these fucking fuckwits. Like, yeah, whereas, whereas realistically, pretty happy the state with my lot here. Yeah, the state <laughs> he's in, he's a fucking rock star. He's getting laid every night. Exactly. Like, I'd be well happy Taylor with my Swift, lot. Taylor Swift, like, you know, yeah. speed dial. She's, yeah. just like, she's just like, no, I don't want to get picked. I want you to pick him because I am 100% in his camp. We'll do whatever the hell he tells me. Yeah. Like, he's got it all going on. Yeah. Like, why, Makes if, no if fucking anything, sense. If anything, this should be about all the other cats singing about how fucking amazing he is. Now they all just want to follow him around. Because, like, why? Yeah, I want to come back as McCavity because McCavity yeah. seems to get all the good shit. <laughs> yeah. So it makes no fucking sense whatsoever that he even wants to ascend to the heavenly layer and all of that shit. So, fuck knows. And then when they get there, like, when when Griselda eventually stands, like, she goes up the magic fucking stairs. Mm. Okay, whatever. Again, that's very fucking stagey. This is a film for fuck's sake. Why are they stairs? Yeah. Like, why can't she just fly? Like, it's film, right? But then she gets to the top of the stairs and gets in a hot air balloon and starts drifting. Hang on, she's a cat. Surely they should climb up to the heavenly. Like, get them to yeah, climb like a, a tree. tree or something. Yeah. That's a given, isn't it? Why is she in yeah. a fucking hot air balloon? Ah, uh, because Mistopheles is fucking magic now and he's turned a chandelier into a hot air balloon. Because, it... no, obviously. Prick. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> Unbelievable. It's just stupid. Again, it's because it would look good on stage, but yeah. we're not on stage. So you can make a giant fucking cat tower that goes up to the great litter box in the sky. Like you can have her just fucking vanish. Let's be honest, that's the way to do it, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. It just goes, right? Just fucking gone. She's dead. Like game over. Have a run outside, get hit by a fucking car. Whatever. <laughs> I don't care. Right? There's plenty of ways you can do this other than flying away in a hot air balloon, yeah. which seems to exist purely for Deuteronomy and Victoria to have a conversation outside where Victoria can get accepted into the Jellicle cats. Yeah, which, which again, she could have done any fucking way. But again, works as a perfect bookend if you'd have just set it up at the fucking start. Yeah. But you didn't. So it doesn't make any sense. This film is a fucking mess. It's barely even a film. It doesn't hold together. It just feels like watching cats, but watching it at home. And that's not a good thing. And it's watching like a worse version of Cats because at least in the stage show, it's consistent. Like they're all in leotards and stuff and there's some joy to be had from the actual performative dance element of it if that's your thing. Not really mine, which is why I don't like it. But at least there's an element of performance there and being able to enjoy that performance. Whereas here, it's just a fucking car wreck. Yeah. Tell you what I would like to have seen is if when Taylor Swift came in and try to do her best to salvage the project if somebody in the studio was just like oh do you know what would actually be a better thing than uh who we've got as our current director if we just actually gave this to taylor swift and said do you know what you're about seem to be about the only person that understands how musicals work how dance numbers work how performance works and also how to translate something that works on the stage onto screen probably because you do stage tours but also make music videos do you just want to take over and make <laughs> that entire fucking thing <laughs> I mean, judge, judged on what her contribution is to this film, then yeah, that would 100%. Yeah. yeah like I said, I don't know a lot about her. So, but that, just, just, you know. I, I feel like that might have been the only thing they could have done with the existing people involved in it that would have made it better. Yeah. No, like 100%. I'll speak as a fan. Yeah. And based on what, what she's done for it here, like, yeah, give it to her. Let her do it. And, and actually, now I want to see her direct something, you know, like, because she clearly understands storytelling to be able to walk up and go, you need an I want song here. <laughs> yeah. Like, 
Imagine that. Like, how, as a fucking Academy Award winning director, mind you as well, mm. like, how the fuck do you not have to have a word with yourself where you've got, like, essentially, like, just a poster hire that's come in for a day or two to shoot a segment, rock up to you on your set and go, do you know what? Like, this doesn't work. Like, surely you've got to have a word with yourself at well, that this, point. This was you? something I was thinking earlier as well, is that, I mean, this isn't somebody who's never looked at a fucking film before. No. No, this, this, is, this is Tom Hooper. He's a fairly well-known, well-renowned, well-respected, capable, competent director. Occasionally, look, he's fucking good. Look, the adaptation of Lame Is is fucking excellent. Let's not make any bones yeah. about it. But also, like, Lame Is, so, A, it's based on an actual, like, serious book and novel. Yeah. So you've got, like, really good grounded characters to begin with. But the original production was done by the RSC. It wasn't done by a musical theatre troupe. It was done by the Royal fucking Shakespeare Company. Yeah. So... I think that that's the problem is that like not all musicals are the same. Like Les Mis is not really like a musical the same way that most people think of as a musical. It's not like Mamma Mia. It's no, it's not. Entirely, it's an entirely different it's, thing. It's more an opera than a musical, to be honest. Yeah. It's yeah. very operatic. Or an operetta at least where you've got that yeah. fusion. Because like all of their musicals that they do and i can't say the names because they're french and i mispronounce them but like miss saigon's the same thing because i fucking love miss saigon mm. like that's brutal and i would absolutely 100 percent watch a movie adaptation of that because i think it would work phenomenally well as a film um but that's because i mean it's based on an opera and yeah. translated onto a stage show but also the way that it's done is that it's not about the big dance numbers it's about locking into these intense like character solo songs and moments that allow you to get the emotion. It's it's not it's not South Pacific. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's a totally different kettle of fish. You're right. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like look, this comes from a particular breed of musical stock, right? It comes from the Lloyd Webber camp. They're all the fucking same. They're all a fucking mess. Phantom of the Opera is the same. It's an absolute. It's got more of a story than this, but it's still an absolute fucking dumpster fire of a story. Mm. It's a complete mess. You know, I, that's just what he does. He, he writes songs so that they chart and we yeah. can get like a fucking vaguely C-list celebrity into the charts for about three weeks at Christmas yeah. once a year. Yeah. But he doesn't yeah. tell a fucking story. No. I, mean, I mean, I'm actually going to admit something here is that as much as I pretty much dislike Andrew Lloyd Webber and everything that he's done, I do actually like one of his musicals, which is Jesus Christ Superstar. Because I'm like, that's really interesting that you've actually made Judas the most sympathetic character. And I really quite like that. Like an interesting take. Yeah, it's yeah. a good concept. Yeah. But the show execution. again doesn't really work. No, the show doesn't work. Are we allowed to talk but... about films about Jesus and use the word execution? Is that allowed? <laughs> I'll allow it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, you're right. And I think, I think that you've got a good valid point there as well. That, no, that That's probably the only one where there's any sort of characterization which is interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. The other thing I um, I was I was um, thinking about we I'm outside, not a fan of um, musical sharing. Certainly not a Lloyd Webber fan. But pro that probably stems when I was little. We were um, we were given a tape um, which was on in the car all the fucking time because my mother loved it. And it was like no, Lloyd Webber's greatest hits. It was like fucking Michael Ball doing Phantom mm. and shit like that. And it was just like little bit one or two songs from each fucking show. And I think if nothing else, that made me want to kill myself and certainly kill fucking Lloyd Webber. Mm. Um, because and so anytime anything, no, I, I, I see any of these things come on TV or you, you think it's a tour, and oh, I was going to see that. No, no, absolutely, yeah. yeah. Give me an avenue queue or something like that. I'll go every, I'll go five nights a week. I don't care. But no, 
I watch I watch most musicals once if I don't know anything about them. You know, it's why I've seen most of the Lloyd Webber ones. Like I know I'll fucking hate them going in, but if I haven't seen it, I can't watch it because it might be the good one. If you know, you never know. And I do like when a musical's good, I really fucking love it. I'll have a great time. And it doesn't, you know, it doesn't have to be a contemporary musical like Avenue Q or Book of Mormon or anything like that. Like I'll have a good time with an old fashioned musical. Just needs to be good. Like it needs to be a consistent fucking story. I mean, it doesn't even with me it doesn't even necessarily need to be good you just need performers in the actual show that understand what the show is and are fully committed to it because yeah one of my favorite musical theater experiences um was Knights of the rose oh which, you've told me about this <laughs> which i went to see with my sister because my sister saw the posters on the underground and they're, they're like the world's trashiest romance novel poster with like shirtless guy holding a like medieval sword and then a list of like, you know, bat out of hell, holding out for a hero, Bon Jovi songs. And Fiona was just like, I don't know if this is Helen having like a really expensive wind up at my expense, but like we're going to have to go and see this. And we went, tried to, we got, to, we had tickets for the opening weekend, but it all got cancelled because unfortunately Meatloaf had opened at the Dominion. So they had to cut the Bat Out of Hell song out of the show and, and like hastily rejig it. And I remember Fiona being just like, oh, I'll just get money back. And I was just like, no, no, we are seeing this fucking show. <laughs> so I made her like rebook tickets and we went to see it. And the show itself could have been Rocky Horror Show levels of excellence, but the problem was is the the sort of the the narrative that links your song numbers together was this like weird mix of like Chaucer and everything else and didn't work. But the song numbers fucking slapped and the characters fucking slapped. Like you had the bad guy who's there in his leather trousers. I was just like, leather trope, here we go. And he has his like evil song, which is a muse song. And at one point he goes off, he puts his hand into the wings. He comes back with an electric guitar and like, like fucking shreds it. One of the characters dies and you see his face projected in a moon while little rose petals fall down. <laughs> it's, it's fucking brilliant. The, 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 the night when they have their first big group number, um, oh, it was a Bon Jovi song. I think it was, was it, it wasn't Dead or Alive, but it was one of those. And they're doing press-ups over the other ones while they roll underneath them. I was just like, I was having the best time. And somebody actually turned around to my sister and she was like, I don't know if I'm enjoying this so much because it's good or because she's enjoying it so much. <laughs> I was like, this is the best fucking show I've seen in my life, especially because the lead-up to the songs sometimes just didn't match the emotional moment like one of the main characters has died and his best friend has like dropped to his knees in absolute agony over him and he goes and changes and it's i feel unhappy (laughs) 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 yes fucking brilliant see that's 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 kind of commitment to the soul of the thing isn't it that's that's an element of you're there for like like i was saying with like the people who enjoy performative dance and go and enjoy cats on that level that's commitment to the performance, not to the fact that, like, yeah. at that point, you've switched off from the story. So, like, it can, like, yeah, you, you enjoyed it, and it's one of your favorite musicals, but it's not a good musical, objectively oh, no. not, it's, because it's, it doesn't work. But, but you enjoy the I performance it of it. Yeah. I love it because it's bad. Yeah, yeah, which, which, is, which yeah. is totally fine, right? You enjoy the performance of it, but that doesn't make it good. And the problem is with Cats, like, not only is it not good, there's also no element of the performance that I can enjoy, other no. than in this, Taylor Swift. Like this, that's probably the closest thing I've ever come to enjoying anything to do with cats. I thought she was absolutely fucking brilliant. 
Um, and that's about as far as I can go with praise for this. She was good. Ian McKellen was good. And and memory was good because, like, in all fairness, as much as I hate Lloyd Webber, like, it is a good fucking song and it's performed well here. Mm. So, you know, oh, it is. Look, come on, let's not be snobby about it. It's no, good. It performs, it performs well because, like, Jennifer Hudson is incapable of, like, not performing a song really well. Yeah. It's just, I know what that woman can vocally do. And I'm like, it's just. Yeah. Yeah. But, but again, that, you know, that would be that would be the element of performance that you're going to get if you go and see it performed live. It's not what you're going to get captured on a screen. I also think so. it's, it, that was, that was a directorial choice, not her choice, because I do feel that, especially with the characters not matching up to the songs mm. and the way that they're being formed by the people that are playing the characters. I think that their basic direction was just be a cat as opposed to right. This is who your character is. Like, oh yeah, definitely. Know, like yeah. that doesn't exist anywhere. Unless somebody like Ian McKellen, who is like old school trained and takes his shit seriously, even if it's fucking cat, has been like, right, okay, this is who my character is. This, yeah. this is his backstory. So this is how I will embody this because this is what I fucking do and how I earn the money and why I'm Ian McKellen. Yeah. Yes, yeah, completely. Like like yeah. I said, when, when we started talking about it, he's the only one that's committed to a role like that. He absolutely yeah. understands. And yeah. it comes through in, in his segment. It, it completely shines through it's what elevates his segment you understand who that character is it's the power of performance again like he's he's charismatic and he's done his homework so it absolutely works even though the fucking rest of the thing is burning down around him at that point he's just like no it's fine i've got this yeah yeah yeah, i've got this it's fine yeah you know whereas the rest of them yeah everybody's just on a paycheck aren't they yeah and Um, i think that was one thing that sort of struck me with it and we've i think we had this discussion when we oh fuck i think it was when the Beauty and the Beast um, live action um, film came out with, uh, with Luke Evans and Emma Watson. Um, we were talking about, obviously, you, you, you bring actors in to, to do these roles, but through, no, throughout your entire, no, your entire Disney corporation, you, you've got characters who play these roles day in and day out. They yeah. live and breathe these roles. Yeah. And instead of going for people who understand the roles, who've, who've done it, and say, you could do the same here, where, where you've got people who've been in them, who've been in the production for fucking them. They, 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 they know the characters, they understand them. They don't need a director to say, oh, well, you're this one, you're that one. They know because they've been there, they've done it, they understand it. There's no reason why you couldn't have it here. And I, I'm, I, think, I think it was before I met you, um, I did a very brief stint on Mamma Mia um, in the West End. And the girl who played Sophie in that, um, I believe when I was um, they were just about to uh, they were they were talk, they were talking about doing um, doing it as a film, and she was one of the people who'd, who'd gone for audition. She she had a callback for it, um, because and again she'd done this role for fucking two or three years at this point. She was getting to a point where she was too old to do it on stage because she was catching up with the um yeah the um, the age of the, the mother was supposed to be, um, but yeah you, you look at sort of look at her performance even, and not just with the singing but the way you know, the the way she speaks the way she so she she moves herself. She understood that character. Everything was done for a reason. Whereas by the time you get to the film, you get uh, fucking what's her name, um, Amanda Seyfried. It's like she's got okay. Well, I've read the script. Yeah, that'll do. And it's, there's there's not the sort of the, the the attention to detail has gone into building that character because they don't have the time to do it. It's literally just right. There's a script. We start shooting in, a, in however long. Learn your lines, and that's kind of yeah. it. And I think that's always. I think there's always a far greater opportunity to do that and to actually do the, do a project well by use by going for that sort of person rather than saying oh well we've got a big name. Judy Dench can come in and do this. Ian McAllen can come and do that, mm. because they've got people who who can do who have the potential to do a far better job. Yes and no, I think. And, and I, I, it's, a, I, it's a different medium, so there's there's totally there's there's, 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 there's danger there. there there's there is, real but, danger there of getting there is, a stage but, performer and putting them in front of a camera. That's but then, dangerous. Yeah, 
but then again, you get film performers who don't know how to perform, and you put them in front of a camera, and you get this train wreck. So it's the it's the same well, risk, isn't it? Yeah, no. <laughs> well, it's it's, no. it's a risk insofar as you, it goes wrong either way. It goes wrong either way, yeah. But you know, you, you have to believe, and, and we all know that that this shouldn't have happened, right? But it did. And at some point, just like any other project, at some point, there was genuinely a bunch of people sat around a table that thought this was a good idea and were excited about it. And at that point, you know, with that genesis where you're starting talking about who you're going to cast and you start spitballing, all right, yeah, you know, Ray Winston's clearly not the right choice, but somebody wanted to work with him, right? There are clearly bad casting decisions made. There's clearly good ones as well, like Taylor Swift, right? So I, I think when you're in that meeting, at no point, like bearing in mind to pluck somebody <laughs> off the stage, Unless you're talking about a real high salaried stage performer, a superstar like your Adina Menzels and people like that, right? They're unknowns. The simple fact of it is they are. That's the harsh reality of being on stage, right? Yeah. Most of the time, these guys are going to be unknown to most of the people that are doing this. And then if they've only ever acted on stage, and I mean this as no disrespect to anyone out there, maybe a stage actor that may be listening to this the simple fact is it's a totally different medium and that's where you get like when when helen's talking about the vocal range and things like that for memory that's the sort of thing that i'm talking about as well it's like this isn't on stage this is on film and if you project the same way that you're going to project on stage you will look like a fucking tool and mm -hmm. it will be absolutely awful and i can say this as somebody who's had to do it a lot and you've been there right by my side mark when we've done it bringing actors down is the hardest thing for a director to do. You can you can coax a performance out of people and bring them up much easier mm. than you can go, no, 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 we need less. Like, tone it down. You're on film, the camera is right there. Like, you don't pull those facial expressions. This isn't a fucking Norman Wisdom movie. Like, what are, what are you doing here? No, like, that would be more hard. Norman Wisdom it, does cats. Yeah. <laughs> One of my actor friends was sort of saying that when she was going through her training, um, the way it was described to her is when you're acting on the stage, you have to project everything as far as you possibly can because yes. you need to hit the back of the theatre. When you're on film, you don't want to project it at all. You just want to think it and keep it behind the eyes because that's as much as you yep. want to do and anything else is overblown. And it's that 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 is two entirely different completely methods. completely yeah. no, I and, and you, you that. see it as well when when you watch if you go and watch uh, amdram for instance mm. you'll see a lot of it there where you've got a lot of people who want to be on film and who are on stage mm. uh, and, and yes i know that that's me making a leap of faith right but you can clearly see it because when someone is uncomfortable on stage and doesn't know how to project it's equally as awkward as when somebody's projecting too far in film. If you watch it, if you go and watch a lot of Amdram, you can spot the people that are used to be in front of a camera because they haven't got a fucking clue what to do with their hands. You watch yeah. them, they, they, they do not know what to do. Whereas if you're actually on stage and you're projecting, you need to use every part of your body to sell that performance. And it's a totally different kettle of fish because the people at the back can't see your face. All they see they is you moving. Yeah. yeah, but they I can remember, see your movement. Like, ironic because I've got an aunt that is an opera singer, but the only sort of opera that I've ever seen was an Amdram performance of Carmen that my mum thought would be a good plan because A, it was on in Edinburgh and we were up in Edinburgh at the time. And she was just like, this is a good one for you to go and see to begin with because it's an easy to follow plot and it's quite, it's quite an accessible opera and I don't want you to go to an opera and hate it. And I remember that their lead cast of Carmen, like vocally, she was fine. But my God, the woman was dead from the waist down. And I was just like, this is meant to be like the most sexual character yeah. imaginable. <laughs> and like, I am not buying it. Meanwhile, there was a girl who was in the ensemble who had a cracking voice. 
and you could clearly hear her in the ensemble numbers like she was really distinctive and she was full body physicality in that role and i was just like i'm i'm sorry i do not understand the casting choice of why yeah. this one is the lead and why she is in the chorus because oh my god you need to switch these two yeah, I, yeah. generally it, when that happens just because the, the one in the lead is the uh, the director's wife and the other one yeah, is yeah, yeah. 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 Like, don't get me wrong we're not, yeah. we're not touching amdram politics because <laughs> I've, I've done amdram like as a teenager and i am well aware of the politics and i'm well aware that when i was doing amdram i upset a lot of people because politics were ignored because it was meant to be you joined the company and you had to be like in the ensemble for two years before they would consider giving you a lead and then especially if you're a female you weren't allowed more than one lead a year just to sort of like stop the drama and i went in and i had three leads in a year and i was like yeah, it's but you know to to bring it back around, it is like I I get where you're coming from, Mark, and I I agree to a certain extent. Like there will be people out there who are better suited to these roles, and I think that is a failure uh, from from the casting directors. It, yeah. it definitely is, but I I don't think the answer is necessarily to go out and pluck somebody from stage. You know, no, it's I, 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 I see your point. I think I think what I'm trying to say is that they, a lot of this I think they've cast on name. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. No, they have. Realistically, yeah. anybody who's going to see this film, anybody who's rocking up the cinema and handing over cash for this. They're not going to see it because Judy Dench. They're going to see it because it's fucking cats. Well, they're going to see because Taylor Swift's in it. Most of them probably. Well, yeah, and that's the irony. Well, is I bet yeah. she was only cast because they were like, oh, Taylor Swift. She's a poster they? cast. Like, yeah, she they, is. They, they were apparently, no I was, I was, I was reading something um, uh, earlier on today, and apparently she auditioned for Les Mis um, for Eponine and didn't get it. Um, so when Tom Hooper was doing this, he called her back and he's like, just fucking do this one. There's, Bear in mind, a... at that point, though, she probably wasn't Taylor Swift. Well, like, no, she what was, was 20... she wasn't like massive. Well, no, she was no. If that was 20, 20, 11, 2012, Les Mis. I mean, I mean, it's I mean also, she's been around since like yeah, the mid don't know a lot about it, but it's also there's an element there as well of they are two very different shows, and I yeah. think to cast Taylor Swift as Taylor Swift in Les Mis is very distracting from Les Mis. Mm. To throw her in cats in a in a cat suit in a cabaret doing, number, effectively doing a cabaret number is absolutely fine. You know, Les Mis is a totally different character. Yeah, because I think uh, around about that yeah. time, I, 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 I don't know a massive amount about her, but she did one of those fucking ensemble films, like fucking Valentine's Day or New Year's Day or whatever the fuck they were. She did one of those. And then she was in an episode of New Girl randomly where she played some girl who interrupted a wedding. And it's the only thing I'd ever seen her in. Mm. And neither of which were particularly impressive, but the product wasn't impressive. And again, you kind of go with, you work with what you've got, but she was, it was a stunt cast, effectively. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah, you can see that's what this is here. Whereas I think that would have been around about the time they were doing Les Mis. So if she was actually, if she was actively seeking out that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. But I just, if, for instance, again, we've already said it, and I know, I technically, you could say she's the wrong nationality, but so is she for cats. But then at that time, put her in Beauty and the Beast, for instance, because she's going to be a damn sight better than Emma Watson was. Yeah. Mm, so you know, right. age appropriate, I think. Um, yeah. So you know, she can dye her hair. So just like throw her in there. And as much as I've been very like, holy shit, Taylor Swift, and also that I really respect her as a musician and as a, as a singer-songwriter, I'll be honest with you, Eponine's like a proper soprano yeah. part, and that's not her vocal not range. So, no. You're, you're putting her, she's a strong singer, but she's she's a mezzo-soprano at best. But you can't put her in that part because mm. you're not playing to her strength, which is her voice. It's it's just too distracting anyway. You can't you can't have somebody if if she was Taylor Swift by that point. You can't have somebody of that wattage 
in something as dour as lame is it's just not it's too I distracting mean, yeah i mean i, I think that's the, the role here like oh my god he, yeah he crucified one of my favorite songs in musical theater yeah <laughs> Yeah, I mean, whereas, uh, and you're right, the, the, the casting of her, you know, this, this role, had it not already been written 30 years ago, it could have been written for her as, as she is now. Yeah, it, it, yeah. if it didn't exist, you can almost see it's him going perfect, on. You know, it's a perfect fit for her Taylor as a, Swift as a performance, week. as a character yeah. now. So Yeah, exactly, so so they'd throw it in there. But but yeah, I, I, I think you're right. I think the casting's definitely at fault. You know, see also people like James Corden, like we, he's, he's a perfect fit, for instance. So at this point, this is where they've gone and looked at him. As much as we said, he's a cunt, right? Just people sitting around the table going, this cat's a bit of a cunt as well, and he's a fat prick, and we need somebody that can do musical theatre, and he's kind of known for it at this point, so he's a perfect fit, just like Taylor Swift is, right? Yeah. Ian McKellen's a perfect fit for an old, washed-up... Oh, yeah, an old lovey. Yeah, so, so there are really good casting choices here, and some that are as good as they could be, and then there's just others where you just go, well, they're shit. What are they doing there's, here? There's, there's, there's some that I was like, there's some actors that work really well on film, but also have got that musical theatre background, like Anna yeah. Kendrick, for example. Yeah. Like if you'd cast her as like the Gumby Cat, because she can do a fucking tap dance number. Yeah. It's a case yeah. of, <clears throat> but she was smart enough to say no. No. Yeah. yeah. It's the point. But yeah, you know, you're casting Rebel Wilson when you've got Anna Kendrick, you've got um, Kristen Bell, for instance. Oh. Right, you got you got all yeah. these people you can go to, but they, you're right; they're all sensible enough to go. Fuck no, hell no, <laughs> Ain't yeah. yeah, no chance. You know, and, and that's that's part of what this is. Is partly who wants the payday, partly who's available, and partly like blue sky thinking. Because what they're essentially doing is putting together a superstar production of Cats. Right? They yeah. make, they could they could do it on the West End just the same and pay all these people to like do it for a week. Yeah. You know, it's the type of thing you put on the West End. You go, right, who can we get? Oh, I know. Let's get Luke Evans. Let's get Hugh Jackman. Let's get, like, do you know what I mean? It, it's yeah. that, but in reverse, is what yeah. they've done here. Um, some of it works, some of it doesn't. But that is what it is. I think, as we said, it, the project was doomed far before it got to the casting stage. Yeah. You know, it just shouldn't have got off the ground. You to know, be fair, it was doomed when it was fucking written. Yeah. I mean, well, that's the thing. It's a poor fucking show to begin with. It's, yeah. it's for some the unknown the reason, it's massively successful. Is, yeah. is a fucking fluke of nature that will never be replicated. And I think everyone in musical theatre also knows and acknowledges that. Yeah, nobody thinks it's good. I haven't spoken to anybody that actually likes Cats. I, yeah. I, nobody that's seen it actually likes it. I don't understand how it's popular. I don't even know anybody that really likes any of the songs. Like I said, Memory is is a fucking good song, right? For what it is. Like, yes, it's fucking cheese. It's, it's uber cheese. But... But you can't take away from the fact when it's performed well, it's a good song. Like I said, I did shed a tear here. Yeah, right? but I but... think memory is more popular because it's a great song to do in an audition to show that you've got A, a vocal range, and B, that you can emote of what you sing. Yeah. Like, yeah that's it's... why it's popular. popular. Yeah, it's a karaoke classic, isn't it, as well, yeah. let's be honest. It's, it's one of them, right? And, like, every old lady in the world absolutely adores it. So that's why it's popular, right? Stuff that your mum puts on at Christmas, isn't it? Like you said, Mark, it's a tape you've got in the car that just happens to have that on it, right? Yeah. Was it Jersey Girl what they, um, where they, they took the piss out of it, where they, they were doing the kids' talent show and everybody did memory? Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah, I racked my brain for the last hour trying to yeah. remember where the fuck it was. Yeah, it was Jersey yeah. Girl. Um, but so, yeah, and it's, it is that kind of thing. It's no, and you, you, I can imagine where you do have like these, you know, these kid talent shows and these, you know, where they have to know all these kid beauty pageants where they have to have a talent that you can all sing and they can all sing memory because their mother's made them fucking learn it from the age of two. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, it just, 
that is if that's the best thing we can say about it that memory is an okay song then that tells you everything you need to know about the show doesn't it yeah um yeah i i think i'm done whinging about this because we're just going to cover old ground i'm just yeah, i could I whinge so. about it all night it's fucking atrocious i had yeah. a very bad time watching this yeah. um yeah how i actually managed to it, i i hung out with helen on friday night how i actually managed to make it there in anything resembling a good mood is is <laughs> beyond me because i came straight off the back of watching this and i was miserable as sin by the time i'd finished um it, i never ever want to see it again neither on stage or on film um this every copy of this should just be taken somewhere and burned well like no what is, they need to do is put it in a burlap sack with a brick and chuck every fucking copy in the thames yeah it's it's atrocious like the <laughs> I can't even say I think it's a bad film because I don't think it even qualifies as a film. It's just a random collection of shit thrown together with some celebrities in and Taylor Swift. And that's that's all it is. Um, Almost like by the time we get to act two, they almost pull it back around. It's, It's very much like a Taylor two halves. But there's just so much damage being done with the whole concept and the production design. It, it's so broken and damaged that you just can't put the wheels back on by the yeah. time we get to the Jellicle Ball. It's too late. Like everything after that, even the Taylor Swift number, even the McCallum number, everything after that is just damage control. And yeah. it, it's just too fucking broken. It's There is no excuse whatsoever for this making it past previs. I, I genuinely believe that. Like once somebody started putting this together and seeing it move, Jesus yeah. Christ. Somebody should put their hand up and said, hang on a minute. Yeah, what the fuck is this? What are yeah. we doing? Like, no, just no. Um, well, well, the thing is, I mean, even when you, even when you're Tom Hooper, you've you've got a studio backing this. This they, they've got tens of millions of dollars to throw at this. Is nobody going right? We've spent this much on pre-production. We spent this much on concept. We spent this on whatever. Show me what we've got before we start doing anything and spending real money. Show me what I've paid for so far. Yeah, somebody yeah. should have done that. And if nobody, if nobody else, then the studio have got to go right. Who's getting fucking sacked for that? Oh, because... it's the studio's fault. Yeah. This this film lays squarely at yeah. the feet of the studio. So, yeah. So the money people at the studio should be saying, right, okay, who signed off on this pile of absolute wank? Yep. That has now cost us. I mean, I, th- I, th- I read it earlier. I think it was it cost them eighty to hundred million to make it, another fifty to seventy million to promote it worldwide and to do all the you know the um the publicity and the marketing and all the rest of it. And it recouped seventy million, so I mean, it made less than half its money back. Yeah, look, look at the look at the whole fucking debacle over at Warner's a couple of yeah. months ago with Batgirl, right? Yeah. Where somebody, look, we'll never see that cut now. Well, I say never; it's going to mm. surface sooner or later, right? Well, yeah. But somebody somewhere, and, and look, they they were bleeding money out the ass anyway. I know, but somebody somewhere sat down and watched a cut of that and just went, nope, 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 nope. We're going to cut our losses. This is going to cost a fucking ass load to sell. We still haven't finished it. Like, no, you don't. But we spent $80 I'm million dollars at this point. At that point, you're in. At that point, you're up to your nuts anyway. You might as well you are. Well, You are, but then it's what you've got to spend on marketing on top of that as well. It's, it's basic economy. Like, if you're on the ropes at some point, like, you're gambling. But you, yeah. yeah. But you can't, you, you can't be allowed to get that far. Well, no, but they did, right? I, but and this is, and somebody had enough that, sense I mean, then to they, pull the plug. The worst one for me is, um, and I've, I've not seen the first one, but they, they made an animated, um, a new animated Scooby-Doo, which, again, cost them about $30 million. It's all CGI. Oh, is this Scoob? Yes, I think Scoob 2, isn't it? Scoob came out and Scoob 2 was being pulled. I haven't seen they, Scoob yet. No, neither have I. But they finished it. Literally, they had the, it was all done. It was all cut. It, all, all, all the animation had been done. It was ready to go. And they just went, yeah, fuck it. We don't care. 
I mean, you have to factor in, we've gone totally off on a tangent now, yeah, but, but you, you have to factor in that the market now, especially post-pandemic, is very, very different to the market four years ago. Mm. All right, buttons are not on seats anymore. Because but I mean, they were doing this shit thing now. before anyway. I mean, um, uh, fucking what was it called? Tim Minchin, was, uh, he wrote and was directing um, something at DreamWorks. They'd spent something like sixty-five million dollars. It was ready. It was more or less ready to go. They had, I think, they had to do about ten minutes worth of of animation. That's so still quite a bit, quite a bit of work to do, but the bulk of it was done. And it's you no, know, it's it's based on a very, um, very popular um, Australian folk tale. You know, it, there was a market for it. There was, there was generally, I mean, you know, the, the guy turns um, turns pretty much everything touches into money. So you know, it's, there was a genuine excitement for this. And then some again, somebody went, yeah, now nah, fuck it, not interested anymore. And it just it's it's such a fickle thing. But I actually think, why are these people not making that decision when they spent a million or five million? Yes. Yeah, yeah, not yeah. When they're at the end of the fucking project and it's ready to go. Yeah, yeah. That that circles it back around to what we were saying. Yeah, that this decision should have been made earlier on, but ultimately it wasn't, and it was made at no stage during the production. And even yeah. with those productions, even those, right, as good as they might have been, right, somebody's looked at it and got. And and I have no doubt in my mind, never seen it, right, but I can absolutely, I'm willing to bet every penny I have on the fact that both that Tim Minchin project and the Batgirl movie would be better than this pile of shit, yeah. right? But some executives still sat there and went, nope. Not in today's market. Sorry, this is going to cost too much. Like we're going to take a bath on it, and we're already we're already on the ropes. So I am pulling the plug. Like at, at that point, you're just cauterizing the wound there and then, mm. right? But somehow this fucking shit slipped the net. But it's because it's cats, and they were relying on the fact that people who like cats will go and see it, and will pay to buy it on DVD or Blu-ray or or, or digital, and would the money will come in that way, and that number. That in and of itself, you know, that shouldn't be a reason. As you said, I, I've never met anybody who likes cats. No, I've, no. I've never seen it. This is the only version I've ever seen. I will never go and watch another one. Well, actually, I'll, I'll preface that. Unless one of the kids turns pro and gets me free tickets, then I will go because it's you know, a nice parently supportive thing to do. Still don't go. Just just if you do just go, bar. just yeah, take some earphones and one of those like <laughs> fake eye masks that looks like you're awake. <laughs> right. Take it from me. You don't want to go and see. Well, cats. no, you, you do what uh, what Tori's uncle did when they he got dragged to see Starlight um, in the 80, late 80s or early 90s. Was they went in, uh, the women went to take the seats. And like, yeah, we'll be in an emotion to finish our drinks, and they conveniently overran, so they wouldn't let them through the door. Oh, amazing! <laughs> so they literally spent the the entire first half sat in the bar, barred themselves, got quietly pissed, and by the time we got to got to the um, the interval, and they all came out. The, the wives came out looking for them. They were that pissed they wouldn't they wouldn't go back in with them anyway. And I mean also by that point you've missed the first half anyway, so what's the point then? Yeah, exactly. You don't gonna know what's going on. Yeah. So you just stay in the bar. Bunch of people always <laughs> skate in apparently. But, uh, yeah. But yeah, no, that, that's the only reason I will ever go and see cats. And even then it'll be a case of right, I've got my ticket, my tick's been paid tick's been paid for, I'll be in there. Yeah, I, I, I never ever want to see cats ever again. I don't want to see it on film, I don't want to see it on stage, I don't want to see a VHS version of it on stage, which is still doing the round on eBay, which I checked earlier on, and they're still going for about 20 quid, believe it or not. Fuck that. I don't want to listen to the soundtrack. I don't want anything to do with this fucking franchise ever again, ever. It's like, fuck it. Fuck it right in the face. This is the worst thing we have ever watched on this podcast. This is the new low. Like, yeah. and that's fucking yeah. saying I, something. I think that's fair. I mean, yeah, I, I've I've got nothing else other than this film can fuck off, fuck all the way off, keep fucking off, and then fuck off some more because I'm fucking done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not a fan. 
I don't even need to ask if it's better than no. Mario, do I? No. no, it's way, 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 way worse than Mario and everything else, even Battlefield Earth. It is, it is worse than Battlefield Earth. I think I would genuinely watch anything we've done on this show in the last, what, three years? Yep. Before watching this again. Yep, yeah. even Bat Pussy. I would yeah. even watch that fucking 13-hour paint drying video. Yep. For yep. I'd, watch, I'd watch Ginger Clown four times. Like, just honestly, I just, I, I'd watch, I'd watch the entire 365 days trilogy all over again before I would watch this. Yeah. Just, yeah. Yeah, and, and they're less disturbing than this as well, and that's really saying something. Yeah, that is saying something, especially the uh, those spitting. Mm. Oh, there you go. Um, we, there will be people who will listen to this who think we're out of our fucking minds, who love cats, who thought this was a fairly decent adaptation. I don't know if they will this time. There's got to be somebody because that's what the fucking internet's for. There's crazy people everywhere. If you're the one, like if yeah, you're the one, and it, and it's not enough to just like cats, the musical, right? You have to like this version. Yeah, yeah we're, right? we're talking. I'm not interested if you like the stage show. Yeah, that's not what we're talking about. Like I, I know, like I've never met somebody that does, but there must be people that do. We're not it's interested. Been, yeah, it's been running for thirty fucking years. Somebody must like it. If you can genuinely defend this absolute fucking abomination, then get in touch and try, please. Like, yeah. and, and and like, don't be coming at us with but Taylor Swift because we've already done that. Yeah, yeah, we've already covered. <laughs> we've that. given it points for that, and it's still the worst thing we've ever seen. Yeah. So I mean, that, that I think that takes the uh, the the, re- the rating up from zero to about five percent. Because yeah. even though, even with everything she does for this film, she, it still can't be fucking saved. No, I'm sorry, it's irredeemable. Absolutely it absolutely irredeemable. is. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so if if you are the the one person who thought this was uh, was worth worth the hour and forty minutes I wasted on it, um, please let us know. Get in touch as always um, on Twitter at ddpodcastnet. You can go to our website ddpodcast.net where you can also pick up our other shows and our previous episode, previous episodes of this show. Nearly got through it. Fuck. Um, wherever you get your podcast from. Uh, like share subscribe leave some message back to it uh, oh, fuck me oh fucking hell dude you were doing all right no, <laughs> it's because i haven't had a drink in three now. weeks that's the problem jesus i haven't had any booze in three weeks that's my problem um wherever you get your podcast from like share subscribe leave a message back to as best we can until next time see you later yeah. <laughs>